0: Who take care of labor only intended for a plain cat. barring a
1: preference we're gonna put you to work in a wrestling picture wallace beery i say this because they tell me you know the poetry of the street so that would rule out Weston's pirate pictures screwball bible roman look
2: i'm not one of those guys that thinks poetic it's got to be fruity we're together on that aren't we call toll free
1: E. N. McGee coming at you from the future.
2: We've seen the episodes on their way down the time tubes and it's oops all bangers. But have no fear, we
1: are going to be right here every week with a new pick and at least one fresh pair of eyeballs. Any message from tomorrow
2: for the fine folks that make me watch? If you're watching along with us week by week, you heroes, tag us with your hottest takes and leave a comment with your answers to one of our world famous segments. Or just reach out and say hi. Of course, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Oh oh, oh God,
1: Not not the time rip already. I thought we had
2: more time! Uh, top three films about filmmaking. Sean, what do you got for me, top three? Top three. Uh I uh, in order, of course, because okay. that's how I roll. Okay. Uh you count
1: down? Or uh, are you uh, going number th- out? Uh, counting down you gotta go like classic like letterman style uh number three i went with uh living in oblivion have you ever seen that it's a 90s uh it's a a, like mid 90s i believe it was um oh my god um steve buscemi and um uh Catherine kinnear that we just talked about in get out she's also in it number two might be on your list Mm -hmm. might not be um once upon a time in Hollywood. I well, I, I struggled.
2: It's an honorable mention. I did want to put that was, on the list, an, I, I, but you know I, I, it was so, so recent that I was like, let me, uh, let me, let me try to, because it is. I think it is it, on there for me personally. I think I, it is, I, I yeah. wrote.
1: I have it. I have Boogie Nights right next oh, to it. Me.
2: uh <laughs> Yeah, I I had a
1: feeling. I, you know, I'm I'm actually for extra credit. I'm going to try and guess yours.
2: Okay. um cool.
1: My my number 1 I know is not on your list though cuz I went with like the weird pick mm-hmm. uh but I went with inception.
2: <sighs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I, uh, I love that. Yeah, like, I love
1: that's that's the reaction I deserve with that one. It's fine.
2: It's kind of old hat, a little like everyone like the, the yeah, comparison yeah. of yeah. Nolan. That it's a movie but about filmmaking. I, 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 I hear you.
1: It's a good. Break. I, I, I it, mean, it, and it's it, you know I,
2: I, I like you. Hollywood is so up its
1: own ass, yeah. and that's you know it's so I think doing it stealthily is about the the best way that you could do it, and that's okay. so that's why I picked Inception as my okay. number one. All right. Uh, I'm. You wanted so to I'm guess. Say, you wanted to guess. <laughs> I'm going to guess yours. We, I, are, so you know, we already know Boogie Nights is on there. Boogie
2: Nights is my number two. Oh, you did an order this yeah, time. Yeah, okay. So you do have um, Boogie Nights is absolutely number two. Paul Thomas Anderson classic. Barton Fink. Oh, you guess my number three. one. Number one. Oh, that,
1: that's your number one. And number one. Ooh, Barton Fink. Nice. Okay. Right, you okay. You'll never uh, guess then... my third
2: one. You'll never guess the third one. There's absolutely no... You know what? There's no chance you'll guess it, but you should, because there is an actor in it that is of the ilk of the kind where of, We were talking about, like, 80s... I'll give you a hint. So, 80s, so, Bowfinger? Oh, my God! You got the list! What the hell? Sean McGee, everybody! Oh, my God. Welcome to Make Me Watch. We're a couple of failed filmmakers, <laughs> but forever students of cinema on an eternal quest to watch more movies. I'm your host, Eric Elliott. I am so proud of my co-host, not only for that moment, but that he could join me today. It's, it's it's really brave of him after suffering a near heart attack, sweating it out in a camera box and spending a few weeks at Cedarside night, <laughs> all for the shot, oh. Sean McGee. What's up, brother? How I've been there. I've been there. And
1: hey, the, the other reason I should get an award for this episode is Eric wanted to start it out by just taking a loud shit on Mike, but I wouldn't let him. <laughs>
0: Oh, I'm so glad so you!
1: I saved everybody. I saved you from that. He just wanted to just just mic up and
2: just just take a gnarly shit right in your ear. <laughs> On today's episode, we have our breakdown of 2022's Babylon. We're gonna get into some general uh, thoughts up top in our exit interview section. And we'll uh, switch it over to uh, spoilers as we dig into the film's plot, performance, and our favorite behind-the-scenes stories. We'll wrap up at the end of the episode with what Sean is going to make me watch next week. Without further ado, let's get into our breakdown of 2022's Babylon. I think what we have here in Hollywood is high art. It's...
0: Party time! Smuggle time!
2: If you could go anywhere in the whole world, where would you go?
1: I always want to be part of something bigger.
2: Yes! Let's go!
1: Something that lasts, that
2: means something. You know, when I first moved to LA... I got your
0: face touching,
2: You know what signs on all the doors read? No actors or dogs allowed. I changed that. Good morning! Good job for you. I'll do anything.
1: All right, that was from 2022's Babylon, written and directed by Damien Chazelle, uh, starring Brad Pitt as Jack Conrad, Margot Robbie as Nellie Leroy, Diego Calva as Manny Torres, music by Justin Hurwitz, and damn the music. Yeah. Uh, cinematography by Linus Sandgren, and editing by Tom Cross. Uh,
2: yeah, this is the film I made Sean watch for this week. And and I'm curious, Sean, uh, why did you miss this film before now?
1: I mean, I, I think you know why. <laughs> I miss this movie uh, and, in, in general. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Damien Chazelle. Um, I don't think he's a bad filmmaker. We, we, uh, we butted heads over first man mm. when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big space nerd, and we both went to see it right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you were probably surprised that, at my reaction. Yeah, or I, absolutely, yeah. And,
2: and um, I'm going to get into that in, in terms of my breakdown. But I, I was surprised to uh, hear that somebody you because you, you, you vehemently hated the film. It seemed like after I was and very, I, was, like, I wow. was
1: very disappointed in it, like coming out of the theater for sure. I've probably like softened on it now. I did like how literally I remember just nothing about it other than hating it. Have you uh, seen it since the I ha- theatrical run? I haven't, I haven't like sat down and watched it. No, no. no. but I, 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 revisited some, some scenes, mm-hmm. uh, in the run up for this episode, just to like kind of refresh, mm. uh, why I didn't like it so much. And I, I think part of it was just like the lack of personalities and the lack of likable characters, which, which I think is a flaw in, most of uh, Damien Chazelle's filmography and why why this movie kind of one of the many reasons that this movie uh probably missed me is that I just don't I don't find him to do a good job of presenting likable characters. I mean musicals aren't really my bag in general anyway, so La La Land obviously mm-hmm. missed me, but it, through no fault of its own, I think that it it was very well put together and the, the spectacle is great. You know, he he does he puts on a grand spectacle whiplash was incredible i loved whiplash uh oh, I it was you didn't incredibly like, intense I thought you were
2: um I, I i seem to remember you not liking that film but okay cool i thought i mean it
1: i i probably had some like contrarian take to be uh argumentative with you at the time because we were <laughs> like
2: <laughs> um let's take opposite like, position that i took on the movie <laughs> yeah probably i
1: i, I I imagine my argument was that 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 movie is a great piece of acting, and less, you know, I, I was trying to give him less credit, which I think I was I was wrong. If, if about memory serves, sure. what like, I
2: think what you bucked up against was the dynamic between Fletcher and his student, and that you needed to push somebody into excellence like that um, that whole kind of oh hat, we um,
1: just fundamentally disagreed, disagreed about the moral on, right, of the movie right,
2: like you're, you're like it, it's uh, you were definitely in in more of the line of that. that's not you know the only way to achieve greatness or not even the you know most healthy obviously <laughs> I can't remember exactly oh, what yeah. the moral take of it was but that I, I feel like was but one even, of the big, uh, big even if I
1: disagree them. with that part of the movie though I think that I was, I was not like I, I that movie was very overhyped uh, or like very lauded, and I, I, it didn't connect with me mm. uh, in the same way, and I, have you know, mostly because yeah, I think that that is a, a like, it, it, I mean, it, it that brings me back to this movie that like, I, I think, First Man has this problem. This movie has that problem. Whiplash has this problem of like, wanting to present itself as being very unique and. Like trying to do something new but then falling back on really tired cliches.
2: I can appreciate that. Mm. I, I, and I don't think you're wrong. Um, okay. So, I'm, I'm, I'm curious
1: what your... I mean, I why'd you make me watch this, first off?
2: I, I think because your reaction... Um, we haven't gotten to your immediate reaction, but just a little taste of that is, in large part, why I wanted to talk to you specifically about this film. Uh, it's to kind of suss up my feelings on, on this as well, because I equally like ad- admire and admonish this film, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I kind of want to walk away <laughs> yeah. with a better understanding of why I'm feeling like this. Um, okay. I wanted to pick this in large part to kind of challenge uh, your ethos of, of the middle of the road, sort of say la vie. Um, I, you know, I don't necessarily have a I like or dislike type type of attitude towards films when I see them because I feel like either you're going to really love this film or you're going to really hate this film. So, as the most um, uh, polarizing film in recent memory, I was like thrilled. I was like, we're, we're picking this one. We're going to have this conversation because there's no He's he's not going to be in the middle of the uh, 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 of the fence on this one. He's going to be on one side. That's or the so other. funny. Uh, there are filmmakers. <laughs> That I believe, like despite their talent, their acumen, their bravado, uh, you just can't connect with them artistically. Um, I I know this feeling. You know, I'm a big hip hop fan. There's a producer named Swiss Beats uh, that was, you know, real still popular to this day. Married to Alicia Keys. If if you guys don't know him, Um, little pop culture (laughs) knowledge for you. But um, I, I love early period uh, Swiss Beats in terms of his work with DMX. But there's latter work of Swiss Beats that I just cannot connect to. And and he sells millions Mm -hmm. of, you know, so works with top-tier artists, sells millions of records. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's not that I can't appreciate him artistically, it's just the sounds and sonically, the things that he likes using just kind of like grind up against my ear, and I just don't like it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I, I can't yeah. help that I don't like it. I just I know he's good, but I just you know just I, I I can tell a Swiss beats drum when I hear it, or a synth totally. when I hear it. And like, I just like I just I just don't connect with it. So I can understand if somebody goes into this film and they tell me, oh, I love this film. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. And if someone were to leave this film and say I completely hated this film, I'm like yeah, you know that totally makes sense. <laughs> I I can see both. Yeah. Like I'm not um yeah. it, there's you know one side or the other, but this is a film. That um, somehow it really kind of truly baffles me that if you did watch this and you largely have a negative takeaway. I'm not sure what you're looking for in terms of filmmaking in, in 2022 from, from some of our more exciting writer, writer and directors. Because th- this is Ooh, the most okay. filmmaking of film. Like, this is Maximus filmmaking. We were, we were having a talk recently about RRR, and we were trying to bring up some other Maximus filmmaking, or film, um, yeah other Maximus films. This is an example of that. Wolf of Wall Street, obviously, is a <laughs> example of that. And then I think in, in uh, uh, this film I was uh, uh, credit to in small parts um yeah, so, you know this is just a writer director that I feel like is just one of the most talented in his class. You know what I mean? Like it, he, nobody ends a film in my opinion like Damien Chazelle right now. Like, his endings, to me, whether whether you like this ending or not, it is it is a statement, <laughs> and it's a really interesting statement. The, the ending of Whiplash in the way that that was edited, um, how that the oh, syncopated yeah. rhythm yeah. Of, of that, like that, that is to me still one of the thrill, like most thrilling um, endings I've ever I've ever seen. Um, or at least in you know the last like decade or so, like watching that film, like man, I, lo- I love the ending of that film, uh, and-, and how small and vulnerable for the introvert the ending of First Man was. Do you know what I mean? Like like as an introvert, I can I can definitely relate to. The connection he has with Clairvoy at the end, in between the glass, uh, the glass, um, mm-hmm. glass playing in quarantine at the end of the film. I thought like that was a, a really strong ending that I pointed so I'm, I'm really excited to talk about the ending of this film. The very last reason I wanted to talk to you, and, and I think the pillar of this conversation for me personally. Uh, is rhythm okay? And, and rhythm to me is so goddamn important in the construction of a sequence, a scene, a beat, a film. Yeah, um, it cannot go understated about how valuable a tool rhythm can be to the success of a film. When when I read a script, I can tell immediately if this is a you, you can tell the uh, how the skill set of a writer by the rhythm of their sentences and the rhythm of their mm-hmm. scenes. Do you know what I mean? And, and how they yeah. hit certain beats. Uh, if, if this film. You, you can say a lot about this film which you can't say that it, it doesn't have movement it doesn't have rhythm it doesn't have a a, a pulse a propulsion uh, uh to this um and it, it, it's one that for you know an hour and 30 minutes is supremely my shit <laughs> you know What I mean, like in terms of that rhythm and the movements that it makes uh, i i think it's unfortunately
1: that's a that, that would be a great uh amount of content to hit you with for a normal length movie but for this movie that's a pretty bad batting average no
2: I I, I won't I won't say that the second half doesn't work for me obviously as well as the first there, there's a lot in that second half that I think does work for me but for uh for 2022 in that theater for for that hour and a half I'm like I cannot believe he's doing what he's doing and I cannot believe I'm this engrossed into what he's doing like I I think it's just it I I hadn't felt a film move like that. Uh, to where it was a three hour runtime, but it felt like I don't know 30 minutes do you know what I mean like it, like nothing about that first hour and a half to me um, uh, felt extraneous in, in terms of the theme of the film of, of the maximalists uh, roaring mm. 20s um uh, theme that he had. Nothing
1: felt extraneous? It, it,
2: it, it, no, no, no. It Not, does. It, what I'm saying in terms of the law of Maximus Filmmaking, we're going to throw everything in the kitchen sink. Like We, we need these certain elements yeah. to kind of create this feeling. Uh, I, I could see why everything was necessary in that first hour and a half, or why it worked for me. A little less so, obviously, in the next hour and a half, and we'll get into that uh, later on in the film. But that was my reaction. That was my um, takeaway, and if you don't remember anything from that speech, it's rhythm that I want to talk about as we move forward going out here, because that, that is the most no, important and thing I, about and and i film, think
1: yeah. i think the rhythm is the thing that that damien chazelle is, is the best at like mm-hmm. I, I think undeniably like the he is captures intensity incredibly well like that that was the strength of whiplash and i think you know i i bounced off a of la la land but i think you know he even the rhythm of that and in the sequences that did work in that in that film for me like you know, he had very strong, you know, rhythmic mm-hmm. uh, instincts, impulses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think.
2: Well, well, let me ask this you, is th- this first is the first time you're watching yeah. it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Mickey, this is my first time hearing it. What was your immediate reaction after watching this film?
1: I kept thinking it was going to subvert a cliche. And then. Pretty soon into the movie realized that it was only going to surprise me with the amount of shit and piss and puke uh that it was willing to to throw on screen. Um but other than that, like I I kept waiting for the turn or the twist that where it was gonna do something not obvious and, and I it it never really did. Like mm. so I I hmm. I mean, the, di- the dialogue just seemed all very first draft, like the spectacles and the sequences were amazing, mm-hmm. but all of the, the character work was just missing something. Uh, like, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of spectacle and a lot of like the, I think this, like all of the side characters had really interesting performances Uh, and the the main characters were just like kind of like i don't know doing doing exactly what you expected them to do like i don't you know i I don't know i just i i found the there to be a a very interesting mix of elements there of of what worked and what didn't um i it's yeah it, it is one of those where it's like would I have watched this movie if not for the podcast? like no, absolutely not like I like am i I'm gonna have a good time talking about it with you, for sure um uh, but like yeah, that was just a a movie that it it did not work for me in any of the ways that that you're saying that you were you know,
2: so I want to second everything that you just said because I, I feel like in large part we're on the same page as as far as how the characters were handled here. These are less characters and more explicitly character archetypes and archetypes of of uh, film stars and film lore of the 1920s and, and, and before. So Jack, um, uh, is, was it was a Jack Conrad here at Brad Pitt's character is composites of, uh, Clark Gable and, and, um, John Gilbert, excuse me. Uh, so yeah, uh, Jack Conrad here being a composite of, of John Gilbert and Clark Gable and, and other swashbuckling, uh, leading men of that day. um, Douglas Fairbanks, you know, uh, obviously another one, um, yeah. uh, uh Nellie Leroy being a composite of, uh, Clara Bow here, the wild child of her day, the promiscuous one of her day, or, or, you know, uh, uh, Betty Davis, m- more of the, um, hard nose, uh, you know, hit you over the head with a skillet kind of <laughs> composite of that character at yeah. that time. Uh, uh, uh Gene Smart's character being, you know, the, the photoplay. um, uh, Uh, A.O. Scott you know uh, reporter of her day do you know what I mean so these were Mm. these were less um, and and the character work here is more impressionistic than it is uh more impressionistic than it has depth. Do you know what I mean? Because these aren't. Yeah. I, I start to lose a lot of interest. It, in, interest with uh, you know, Nelly and uh, uh, Diego's love story. You know what I mean? Like none of that works for me. Yeah, uh, uh, personally, in the, in the second half of the film, um, I, I I'm more interested in the little vignettes that he creates with these archetypes because I think Gene Smart and Brad Pitt's scene towards the latter half of this film is one of the the the. Um, I, that completely works for me dramatically and I think it's it's probably the most successful dramatic scene of the film uh, but it oh, only yeah. works it's
1: the, one of the only monologues that I think works like there's so right. many monologues yeah. in this movie that are just like but, bro but, get off your soapbox but <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it only works but that that one I that one works right it, and it only works because it's an, he's she's speaking to an archetype cuz uh film preservation wasn't a big thing in the 20s at that time you know what i mean Or how people were yeah. going to respond to these films you know years on out but having the um the the knowledge we have now we can speak to the past in a really interesting way and so it's a it's an mm-hmm. it, it's it's a it's a nod to the future but it, it, and, and he's working with archetypes so it's a scene that works um but uh, so that's that's an interesting
1: point though because i think that, that that actually gets to the heart of of one of my problems with mm-hmm. this movie cuz like you're saying like it's these are using these archetypes as paintbrushes mm-hmm. but you have to like then paint a picture with them like you know i think especially i i, I think the main three characters like particularly like jack nelly and manny like they it, they never he, he never does anything interesting with those archetypes. They never do anything surprising and they never really get to interact meaningfully with each other or with the environment. Like they, you know, they, they feel the most disappointing in this movie to me. Like all of the, 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 the side little brushes that mm-hmm. he, that he gets with like the, uh, Oh, I can't remember. I don't remember the I don't have the actress's name in front of me. Um but the the woman d- shouting director uh with in that sequence. Uh
2: Olivia Hamilton, who plays Roof, uh the director. And she was also in First Man as uh Pat as uh Jason Clark's wife in that one, who was the uh mm. widowed wife in that film. So she's all, she's a, a Damien um uh player, it feels like in in, in, in Yeah, okay. In,
1: but I mean, I mean, he's. I think he does a really good job of using those players as paintbrushes right. in this movie, and and you pointed out, you know, that something interesting that he does with that archetype of the film critic, that's a little bit more, you know, interesting and unique, and and you know, something that I didn't actually honestly like give give him enough credit even uh, until you you brought it up, and then, but I think that it's part of why that character maybe even like subconsciously works for me a little bit mm-hmm. better than you know, like I said, the main trio, where I don't really feel like he ever reaches that that point where he does something interesting. I'm
2: gonna, uh, I'll just say this in response to that, and we can we can move on uh, unless there's something you want to respond to what I'm just saying. But I, I'll push back a little bit because I I, th- I do think there's an interplay. So if we we're going to take the conversation that Gene Smart, uh, we, well again, this is our general section. We're not going to get into spoilers, but essentially, there's a conversation that's had in the second half of the film that explains. Sort of the cyclical nature of the industry, and how this isn't going to be the first time this happens, this isn't going to be the last time, and we're all kind of cogs in a machine. That even if the uh, machine breaks down, the idea of the machine is so strong that it'll it'll keep um, it'll keep going. It'll keep you know um, it'll keep mm-hmm. moving in people's in minds. So. That is a theme of these are archetypes that are not necessarily moving to surprising conclusions, but are actually moving to ine- inevitable, you know, corrosion that we we can see a thousand miles away because it's going to happen again and again. We're going to have a thousand Nellie Leroy's and, and we have a thousand Nellie Leroy's. Uh, there was a video yeah. just recently of Britney Spears doing something crazy on on, uh, <laughs> on his, that they had to respond to. So... Hey, don't come in, Don't come at Brittany. You're gonna
1: get a whole fuck. I'm not. I'm not uh, I don't, yeah, responsible. No, I don't mean to these are these are Eric's <laughs> opinions, not mine. I don't mean to go Not represent I, the podcast. I mean a star
2: that is it is unfairly chewed no, up by the machine. Do you know what I mean? That you, that you can see that has, Ab- has a lot of abuse, has yeah. a lot of trauma, has a lot of whatnot. But they're kind of you know Judy Garland. That was another one. Uh, a Star Is Born. That that her you know her um, yeah.
1: It's going out. It's the Jack London like uh, going out like a meteor, right? Like uh you know flaming and bright right. and instantaneous, Absolutely. rather than like a quiet, sleepy. Right. planet. There's
2: a thousand yeah. Mannies who just want to do anything to get in the industry, and slowly kind of sells his soul until he becomes this corporate chill. <laughs> you know, the top. There's gonna be a, uh, uh, the, yeah. the Sydney story is all too real. Too- of we want you to kind of sacrifice your humility and and your. Um, Your dignity Mm -hmm. to, you know, to, uh, so this film can sell, you know what I mean? This one territory that we need, uh, they were going to always, um, you know, uh, find ways to kind of kick out, uh, the anime Wongs who were, um. A uh, 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 queer uh, idols of their day, uh, they're going to find ways to kind of malign uh, uh, those types of people. As the industry became more marginal, while still
1: while still relying on them for the creativity. Like I, I love the little detail that her character is is pushed to the side, but she's also the one that is uh, like the writing again. the the title right. cards. And so it's like it's somebody who's like exists in the margins of right. the industry. Who's like not being given the right. spotlight, even though they're like excelling in the spotlight right. in their private life? Like
2: it's it's a, bu- a beautiful. So it, it's it's less of I wanted to be, and and, and that and that's not a fair assessment. It, it, it's I'm more forgiving of it because I see what he's saying in terms of these are these are cyclical archetypes that have been happening from time immemorial and will continue for time immemorial So I can appreciate. The rise and fall that we're familiar with with these characters it, that doesn't necessarily bother me. But when you do spend as much screen time mm. as you do at the end with um, establishing uh, uh, Nellie needing Manny's help and and you know this this sort of love romance that was kind of thinly plotted from you know the beginning of the film, it, none of that works. I, I'm not as interested. I'm more interested in sort of the major beats that we know of the rise and fall of some of these characters. So. Um, yeah, that's that's yeah. my, my uh, Did you have a do you have any reaction to that? Do you want to? What are your thoughts? Yeah, nope. okay. is there a moment that's, in your life that you can clear. relate to this film? Uh, obviously, both of us oh, <laughs> coming yeah. from the uh, coming the yeah, issue. I was
1: just trying to decide like what set story to tell here. It, it, I so that scene in particular, also the uh, the this the, the like nailing the shot at, in all mm-hmm. of the chaos. Like I, I we'll talk about yeah. it later too. Um, but it also, uh, <laughs> I had a, I worked for a, a DP. I, I may have told you this story before, but I'll tell it on mic because it's great. But uh, I worked for Eagle Eagleson, mm, that name uh, this Icelandic DP. Uh, he, he like baked in the look for CSI Miami and he did like, does a bunch of those CSI shows, but he does a bunch of shit. He's like, he's uh, like mm. huge TV guy. Um, but we were doing some Bank of Iceland commercial And we were shooting two commercials in one day, like insane schedule, busting my ass. I had a a super green second AC who like was just absolutely busting my balls and fucking everything up. So I was like having to do, you know, his half of his work and my work. And Eagle is just incredibly intense and incredibly demanding. And he's also, this is also like, I think one of the first like union guys that I worked with. So I was like really trying to, mm-hmm. to impress him. Uh, and in so, and, the and, and end of the day. We're running out of time. We're getting a shot and it's the shots like kind of a parody of like the Halle Berry coming oh, out of the yeah. water in yeah. the James Bond but it's like a bigger guy Which is with actually long a, hair ups, or whatever.
2: Uh, that's Doctor No. I think that's Ursula. That's a play on Ursula coming out of the water. It's oh a shit! Okay. Nice. Reference, within, <laughs> yeah, a reference yeah. within a reference
1: within a reference. So we're 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 doing a shot like that. But he wants to start it with like, I think we're we start on a lifeguard, and we or no 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 we start on a couple that's mm-hmm. running. So it's like they're it's like coming at us at a diagonal. And then when we hit perpendicular to the beach, we rack to the guy coming out okay. of the ocean and then we follow him. And I, you know, I'm, I'm pulling focus as he's walks all the way to the, Long camera. Lens? So I, I, Dolly, or? we're going all over. Oh no, no, we're, we're all over on the lens, but we're losing light. So we're full wide open on the lens. We don't have the time. The actor is like, literally like I am walking offset. You do not get another really? take of this. Like, fuck you guys. Fuck this. This sucks. Cause it was like super windy and the waves were just like beating the shit out of him. And he like could not swim very well. So he was just like, fuck this. I'm out. This is, you get one take. And so I got no rehearsal and they're doing all these crazy diagonal. I I do the whole focus pull or whatever. And like no one on set knows how hard, hard that focus pull is. Like no one knows what a focus puller does or like what the, the factors are and do it make it more difficult. But it was like one of the most difficult shots I've ever had to pull off Mm -hmm. in my career. And I just nail it first take I just look at Eagle and he gives me the like quiet like Robert Redford nod like and good job kid and I I was it was just yeah like I have that that like that fucking like nod and like silent <laughs> approval just baked into my memory like that it that'll be like on my right. deathbed I'll have, I'll have that little nod just like yeah just just nailed it just my yeah just
2: uh,
1: just like vibrating yeah, with exactly. that energy.
2: Sean, uh, sean's absolutely right pulling focus is difficult not a lot of people can appreciate you know how difficult that art is because you have a minute area of uh you know between uh you know one engine and another to uh, keep everything in focus so that's awesome dude all right yeah, let's go to a break brother before we get into our focus group
1: and which guy are you so upset man well coming face to face with the Failures that is your career ain't worth crying about then I don't know what the fuck is. All right, that guy in there turned you down. Oh. He wants to help me get into Italian movies. Well, then what's the problem? I gotta do fucking Italian goddamn movies. That's a fucking problem. Come on. Fucking bullshit. All right, coming in into our focus group segment here. Uh What's uh? So you you made me watch this. Mm-hmm. If you were trying to to pitch this to someone what's the scene that you would show them?
2: Hello, college. <laughs> All right. that, that was a scene to me personally that I, I think should be studied. I, I think that needs to be in, in film school courses. So it's the scene that takes place with the introduction of sound. Um, this is lifted whole cloth from Singing in the Rain. There's a very similar sequence. Uh, and, and that's a film that, you know, obviously Diego's watching at the end of the, or Manny's watching at the end of the movie. Um, this is masterful. And I, and I think this is, the um the apex of what damien does well as a filmmaker and it's this um it's it's the rhythm that he cuts with this sequence and then how he turns at the end of the sequence uh by by um by uh, diverting that rhythm or, or uh Uh, not responding the way that you have gotten used to with those cuts so during the sequence you know we we see uh three or four or or, i'm sorry several cuts that that kind of take place that anchor us in the scene and it's you know the director waving her hand or the door opening or the slate uh um uh you know the the the, uh scene being slated uh the sound um her walking and missing past her mark uh, and, and it keeps happening over in the uh, syncopated rhythm over and over and over again until at the end when they finally get to take a right and it doesn't cut and something doesn't go wrong. Uh, and, it, and it's played out, you know, um, uh, to the entirety of the scene. And it's just kind of left to breathe. The... the um, the exhalation that happens afterwards and, and everybody cheering it and having gotten the shot. Uh, it's just masterfully done. My, my man, PJ Byrne in this sequence is the, is the AD. We're going to get into PJ a little bit later as we talk about performances, but I I think probably my favorite performance of 2022 and his monologue there, (laughs) uh, screaming at the cast and crew members. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do. (laughs) I've,
1: I've, I've been there I've been. I've seen that breakdown happen on set I've been that breakdown on set <laughs> Shut uh, the fuck up Shut
0: up I mean, it's- Here we go I'm gonna have a fucking heart attack in here Get back in your fucking, fucking box I can't even believe this Shut, up. Are you fucking shut the fuck, up. Not how we make shut the fuck <laughs> up Shut the fuck up Shut up Shut the fuck up Shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Now, if anyone stops this scene again, I will shit on you. I will shit in your mouth, I promise you. Is that clear, Lloyd? Is that good for fucking sound? Now we are going again. Camera and motherfuckers. Fucking sound
2: uh did you have a scene that you saw uh, having having seen this that, that you saw somebody to give somebody a hook? Is, know, is there any scene that you uh that you walked away with with, with liking
1: It's fu- it's funny that you you brought up that scene and especially that like you know it's kind of a, a rehash of the singing in the rain, bit, but
2: so better, so much better. Like get the hell out of it. Dude, it, dude, it
1: is, come on. Uh, it, okay. But it, it, I think it's it's unfortunate that he does because he does an amazing job with this sequence yeah. here. I think there's a better sequence doing the same thing in this movie with the the butterfly bit, uh, where it's like Brad Pitt's drunk and they're getting all the extras and Manny's driving, you know, cu- driving the Cameron and it's all of the chaos yeah. of getting everything together. and then everything quiets down. And they get the shot, and then the butterfly lands on his shoulder, or whatever. And they, you know, everybody celebrates when the shot's done or whatever. Like it's literally the same no, energy. No, because I mean, not, it, it's, it's a totally different bit. Like they're making different jokes, but it, it's but, but it's just this, too new, but this is the introduction of a new sequence. Um,
2: this is the introduction of a new technology into the medium, into the craft. You know what I mean? Sound, like the yeah, yeah, yeah. I just of, mean uh, the, who's going to survive in this sound I, I, era? I, I, yeah, and people like. Um, People like uh, uh, Nellie Leroy don't survive this period because they don't, you know, we get to hear their voices now or they're they're not as polished as as a, an actor would, would come to be or, you know, Jack, Con- like they just don't translate. Sure. So I, I think there's a different meaning, you know, um, behind the sequence, substantially, like uh, uh, I just think the, the behind this sequence is, is, is uh, uh, the introduction I, of this new technology.
1: I don't, I don't disagree. I see what you're saying. I just don't think that they're different enough to justify both sequences in a three-hour-long movie. Like, when you're looking at the the three-hour-long movie and you're trying to find something on the cutting board, are, like, I'm looking at these two sequences and saying, like, what are they different enough and are they essential enough? And I mean, they are, because they're, like, some of the most fun parts of the movie, so I wouldn't have cut them either. I get it. But, like maybe
2: yeah no I, you know. I uh so so much of the structure of this film we'll get into this a little bit later when we we talk about some stuff that we'd like to rewrite uh is um in my opinion the the best parts of this movie are either production rap party production production rap party production production rap party production do you know what i mean and had he kept yeah. that structure of, of, of a massive party straight into what we, uh, what they're accustomed to and what they know and what they excel at is silent era film stars. That, that production being um, uh, the, yeah. I agree. It, the I totally next agree. one, the introduction of sound and, and how this sort of really um, uh, melee, or, um, uh, really uh, casts aside, you know, uh, certain talents that aren't going to be able to make it in the sound era. I, I think to me, that was the the structural difference between that and, and the last uh, production sequence. Um, the third one with Sydney and the and the um, and 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 the um, uh, blackface makeup uh, yeah. kind of selling that to me has a little less of um, it pushes it doesn't push the medium or the craft because there there there, has, there wasn't enough I mean I guess you could say, you know cameras are starting to get more smaller and nimble and and, and different uh, filming techniques are starting to become possible as we move into the 30s. Uh, I don't. I don't know if that's a significant enough change from you know silent era films to sound films to make you know another production scene another yeah. production scene work as well as the sound did, but um, I, I like the moral complexity of of Manny having to make this choice and convince you know different people that you know hey you're no longer going to be a part of this thing that we we, we created or you kind of need to sell your soul so there, there's. Um, in The way that he blended that together that that worked for me personally. The last soiree, the last uh, uh, the blockhouse, the asshole of LA, that works a lot less for me personally because I feel like that it doesn't necessarily add that much more to the debauchery that we've seen before. Um, yeah, I, I, if, if we were going to cut anything, that that's kind of where I would start immediately is, is that whole uh, that whole sequence. Um, it, would you just cut? The Tobey Maguire entirely. It's just, um, it's just Boogie Nights. Like you, you just redid the Alfred Molina. That's what this Thompson. whole movie
1: is, though. I, I mean, he. This whole movie is him just redoing other movies that he likes. Uh,
2: yes, I it, mean, it's true. It's, yeah, but I, I don't want to step on that because because you said the same thing about Quentin. You know what I mean? And, and particularly Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But but yeah, they elevated yeah. in different ways. Like I've never seen anything in the way that he I did, did the Hello, College sequence. Like, granted, I do know the singing. I do know the reference, but. And the way that he edited, in the way that Tom uh, Cross edited that sequence, um, yeah, I've never seen anything like that. Was incredible. It, it, I, 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 I think. You, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I don't want to. I'm not
1: just dis- don't want to discount that point at all. Like,
2: so I, okay, I'm okay yeah. with him referencing certain things and doing it in his style because yeah. I, I think it's it's such a like uh, uh, again rhythm is the big like and you're
1: yeah please yeah and you're right that like when when you know like Tarantino. Uh, or something, or something like steel. that. would elevate great artist steel. You know I mean? Great artist steel, and like for sure. But it, you have to elevate the material, and like you know, you you take a paintbrush so that you can do your own painting. Mm-hmm. You don't just like copy a right. Well, I mean, you can, but it's just like it, it's weird to do that. So I don't know, nakedly on this scale. But I don't
2: feel like it was it was that much of a one to one transfer. I feel like he did add a lot of his own you know, Damien-ness to the sequence. If we're talking about the Hello College thing, the, it, it, it there's, the, the, the rhythm, the editing patterns are completely different. And the, the chaos of the sequences are complete. like it, there's, uh, Jean Kelly kind of staring at her and getting her to do the, uh, or what was it? Uh, Pierre, like it, it's not as, it's not as, um, it, it's not as chaotic and, 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 um, temperamental and and volatile as the fucking sound guy fight and him coming down and then fucking and PJ Bird doing the you know, yeah. camera and a and fucking and a DP dies. That was the other, that was the other, because I could see it coming a mile away, but it was so brilliant. I was like, oh, I, yeah. I loved it. I was like, I know he's going to do it. I know he's going to do it. And when he comes out of the box and lands face first, and then the look that the guy, I don't know if he was a PA, but he's like, he's dead. And then he immediately cuts into the horns. <laughs> like, like, it's just, it was, it was beautiful. TV is masterful. Like, I, I. It, it's.
1: I mean, but it, this movie. I mean, it wants it's cake and eat it too, or whatever. Oh, like, because it uses, real quick, real quick, it uses you the people said,
2: you said that Adam Naman is a critic for the uh, for the Ringer. I don't have the exact quote, but he said exactly what he said. This, he said this movie wants to have its cake and eat it too, and then throw it up and then smear the puke all over your face. <laughs> have you enjoyed it? <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. I mean, he, he's absolutely right. right because I mean, it, this is like, and I think I, I mean. I, I wanted to, to get into this uh a little bit. I think that this movie gets made every few years anyway. So well, what do you, you feel like the last to make this
2: movie was what, what was the last big Like you mean films about filmmaking I mean, or, or
1: films about filmmaking. I mean T V does goes into it a lot more often these days. So we haven't done a big like feature film about it. I mean like Aviator.
2: Okay with this kind of debauchery Uh, like this time period another thing was subverting your ideas of the 20s like so like
1: like la Confidential. it's it's kind of it's combining like aviator and la confidential or like what if boogie nights was a musical
2: without any lyrics uh like yes i'm not i'm not saying you're wrong but but i think the big draw was like did you know how much of the silent era and it's Lord, were you familiar with like the Fatty Arbuckle you know, scene at the it, beginning of him getting pissed on? Were you aware of Fatty yeah. Arbuckle? Do you know anything about that story? Like, do you, of uh, 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 that's actually a point that uh, like I kind
1: of realized. To I'll, I'll answer your question in right. elaborating, yeah, yeah. but like I think may, part of why the archetypes maybe aren't hitting for me the same way mm-hmm. is I'm like vaguely aware of all of these stories. Mm-hmm. Already. Right. So the movie's not surprising me at all by yeah. calling out these arc these stories, maybe for somebody either more or less knowledgeable, <laughs> then they would enjoy this more. And I'm in that exact sweet spot of being like vaguely familiar with most of what this movie's referencing. Mm-hmm. And so it's just not not hitting me quite the same okay. way. Um cuz yeah i like i think most of these characters that they're basing it on i'm i'm familiar with their stories and i've heard them mm. but you know maybe I haven't looked into the details so i'm just like oh i know what's coming here like and,
2: and you know what so i i feel like i agree and I, and in my first screening of it it almost in some way felt to me, okay, we've read the same like letters from Hollywood, letters from old Hollywood book. Do you know what I mean? Or we've read yeah. the same Wikipedia page of, of, you know, the Fatty Arbuckle incident and we're just referencing it. Sometimes here. that's cool it, But though. that's what I was going to say. Like, like kind of blending that all together and giving us a, a perspective of the 1920s that we, 'cause I, I I think maybe one of the commonly held beliefs about that period was it a little, it was a little bit more homogenized and sterile and him subverting that of, of no, no this was you know the wild wild west and the, you know there was a lot of you know chaos out out in the desert before mm. you know um people came like hearst money came in and 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 revamped the town and and tried to make it you know more respectable like there was this is a this is a carnival barkers and, and and you know like uh um Vagabonds yeah. you that know, you are not here to uh, to make this. Industry. I
1: mean, we reference we reference Bowfinger in the open and like Tropic Thunder. I mean, even fucking Wayne's World. We talked about Wayne's World last week. Like, I, it's it's almost like you know when you said like okay, like what are when else have we done this? And it's like my gut reaction is that we do we make this fucking movie all the time, but it's just in different pieces. Like they've never been assembled all. In, uh, you know about the 20s about silent movie making going into detail about really what it feels like to be on set right. and including all the debauchery like those usually get separated like the de- debauchery of LA gets used in like noir yeah. and the filmmaking stuff is more like comedy and lighthearted and so like i i, th- I think i'm 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 not giving this film enough credit for like but i'm trying and trying to find why it didn't hit me mm-hmm. is just like I've seen all of these pieces before and they went through a lot of elaborate effort to put all of these pieces together and it, it just, yeah, it, it didn't like come together in a picture that particularly inspired me.
2: That makes sense. Um, I, again, I'm going to second your reaction to that in the second half. Uh, I've softened on it as of, uh, as of this is maybe my sixth or seventh uh, viewing of the, this film since its release. Um, wow! Yeah, so I caught it six or seven. Yeah, so I caught it in theaters. Uh, th- the DVD release. You Twenty-one hours of your life. Like I watched it three have- times this week, or <laughs> over the course of this week, I've watched. And the third time, I actually kind of skipped some of the sequence, the scenes that I didn't. You know, I, uh, the snake scene isn't something I'm not going to watch. <laughs> the. Um-
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I actually we didn't get into the, the Wayne's World episode. Yeah, we? you we about the snake. That I, You know what's funny? I I actually want to bring this up now because i was like I, act- I had this conversation with my partner where i was like do i warn him about it because it's so brief
2: it wasn't it was it was in a large part of not only her getting on stage or her, her performance on stage but then off stage again and then somebody has to like take it from her it was horrible. <laughs> like, <idiot>. it's horrible like it's horrible
1: i was just wondering if it was worse to tell you about it and make you dread it coming
2: or I, no, no, no. I would just have let it shock you? I would have the up so I know when to kind of like, okay, like now you need to start squinting your eyes. Okay. Like I, I mean, there was no see. way to... <laughs> like, in the theaters, I was kind of just now kind Now I of, know. Like, I, I've, I've kind of seen it in just bits and pieces. But... Um, that's kind of where things start to take a turn for me personally in the film. Because uh, that's another thing to where it feels like a Hollywood antidote. I don't know what he's specifically referencing in that snake sequence or if he is referencing yeah. anything. It, it does feel like it's a possible antidote from back in the day, but it just doesn't move the story that much further for me personally. And and the result it, it, of it feels the, like like, okay, was it just to get the anime Wong and her character together is that like a composite, like it was, did we go through, it, it didn't justify yeah. the screen time for me personally. And it, it didn't, um, it didn't I totally like agree. It, it moved, uh, it, it moved, you know, uh, her, her character, all, all that, all that well. um, it, I'm sorry. It, 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 it's one.
1: No, you're good. Mm-hmm. One. I think it's one of many times that this movie, I think wasted an opportunity where you, there's so many scenes in this movie where like you had Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt mm-hmm. In the scene together, and they don't interact at all. Like yeah. he watches her and like comments on it, but like they don't act together. They, hardly at all. In this, they movie. had the
2: one scene where she says you, um, something like I-, I would fuck you in person, or you're so fuckable. And her his wife is standing right there, remember his fiance. But
1: it's like the, it's Very it's brave. literally them Very like brave. walking past each other in a hallway. Yeah they're the two stars of the movie in a three hour long movie. And they exchange like a dozen words a piece. Like it it is, I think the biggest letdown of this movie. Oh
2: really? Yeah. You know what? That's so interesting. I didn't, um, it was the same thing in, in once upon a time in Hollywood. I don't even know if they share a line in that film together. Uh,
1: I mean, that's a little bit more justifiable and that's a lot more like, uh, yeah, just it I think I, I think honest. they it didn't bother me. In this it didn't scene, it so. didn't bother me in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but it, it absolutely bothered me in, in this, this movie. Okay. Uh, like the because it happens so many times. Like the the party scene uh-huh. where she freaks out and is like cursing and smearing cake on her face or whatever. Oh, I hate it. I like,
2: hate that scene. We're, we're gonna get it. In.
1: That scene so it's so painful or whatever. But like, why is Brad Pitt even in that scene? Yeah. Like,
2: well,
1: I, what does he? What is he doing well, there, it, and why? Why?
2: Why have him on set and waste him like that? Like why? See, here's where I, I want to do a little bit of a pushback because it, it, at least on why he's because because this scene is the the next party, right? Or it's the third party of of this of this, uh, of, this uh, of the structure. Yeah, so. yeah. But it's the very prim and proper and, and old money type of party. So I I, I think there it, it's supposed to be a mirror a, a mirror uh, a reverse what am i trying to say a, a reverse image or a, a, of the first party of the the uh, like structurally Morris. i get why the scenes there but so so he's yeah. he's at a, he's I, at a I hollywood agree. party like they're they're just you know players at a hollywood party so that you would maybe i just mean like in in terms of his like arc
1: or, or like what his character's doing like there nothing is revealed in that scene like he doesn't do anything interesting he has no interesting his
2: his films failing right so this is the first indication that he's his his films are no longer working right because people start coming up to him and but yeah
1: i guess yeah it it is it's 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 spelled out there but i think it's just like building on the sentiment that is like been building throughout his I, i i just don't feel like the that the movie has anything interesting for him to do for most of the time that he's there i don't know i was just really fucking bored by brad pitt in this movie in general but, oh i have uh, a lot of
2: fun with brad in this movie actually yeah and I, i'm gonna show some inter- uh, i have an interesting bit about his performance or what i found interesting about that character but we'll um we'll, we'll get there here in a bit so yeah th- those are some of the things that so what that, uh, oh, i was gonna
1: ask uh you mentioned you've seen this six or seven times now so i'm curious like what have you softened on now that you've seen it a bunch and uh yeah first that what 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 have you softened on that, and vice versa what maybe annoys you a little bit
2: more uh i think i love the ending now <laughs> <laughs> wow i didn't i wasn't there the first couple viewings i certainly wasn't there the first 3 but manny in the uh in the theater and the the jazz um uh, slit scan as uh, projection into the future of cinema. I think I think I'm on it now. I think <laughs> I think I'm starting to vibe with it. i starting to with it a little bit. Uh, I didn't like Man, it. That's yeah, wild. I did not like but it you, at do you, all. You even
1: like the montage of parts of the movie that were more interesting.
2: And here's where, uh, and here's he's where like, Hey, remember when? Yeah, here's where I'm kind of. Um, here's where I soften on on it because I I didn't particularly care for. Like, I do not like that Avatar gets the screen time that it gets. It feels like it gets an extra one or two beats up there, and everything else. And I'm like, you, you should give that to the Wachowskis because I feel like Bullet Time was much more of a technological shift than uh, than what came after uh, yeah. uh, Avatar.
1: Is that the right studio? I assume that the the they were only doing the studio oh, Paramount that, movies. Like, um, I don't, cause yeah,
2: because I think I want to say isn't uh, Avatar Fox or possibly yeah Disney, i think yeah. you're right uh so he, he he definitely was able to kind of pull from from different um different mm-hmm. examples of technological advancements throughout the medium and and in lieu of that i can appreciate it because i'm like well we're, we're this is really hollywood focused. like there's no international films like you don't want to throw some jackie up there <laughs> you don't want to throw some kira up there or you want to throw these um uh uh some Bergman up there or, or just any, any, you know, some, uh, so yeah, so I've softened on that. End. Did you sit? Yes. I, I just, you know, some of the films that were chosen, I guess, you know, obviously were chosen for a reason and they were chosen for the technological advancements they've made in the medium, similar to this being a big, you know, shift from silent air to sound. Here's other, you know, pushes in the medium that, that, um, that, that are, that are worthy of, of being credited. I, I didn't like love- it. It's funny.
1: I didn't, I, I, I didn't take it like that, so it's it, that does make more sense for the like why Avatar got right. the and extra you know, TST two
2: in there, he has you know Avatar, he has the Matrix, he has Jurassic Park, um, uh, Trip to the Moon, yeah, uh, you know, very early uh, uh, cinema um, and later advancements. Um, Singing in the Rain obviously is a big influence, and uh, so yeah, so I, I I've uh, I've come to appreciate it more. I, I, I'm a little less like. You know oof, about it, but I do remember leaving the theater like, "Wow, he really got up his own ass with with that ending and that uh that montage." Um, the, yeah. that, that was my feelings on it at the, first, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the montage was so. I mean, we can
1: uh save that for later, but uh, I, I was yeah, the montage was so cringy.
2: Yeah. Uh, is is what what didn't you understand? Is there something you didn't understand in this viewing, McGee? Is there something that uh kind of perplexed or puzzled you? I, like I don't understand
1: okay I get the debauchery of like the piss and the puke and whatever but like why shit on the audience in like the first five minutes of the movie like literally just take a shit on the audience the I don't get or- it <laughs> yeah I don't get it I, I don't I was like I was already I was like you know you am kind of stealing myself to watch a movie that I don't think I'm gonna enjoy very much and then when he just like took a
2: dump on me. I was like, right, well fuck you too, man. All right. I think so I think your mileage is gonna vary on how much you engage with Dionysus, S, you know, uh esque um uh, debauchery, you know, like old Roman deity, uh orgies. You know what I mean? Like like that yeah. kind of shit. Yeah. I, I, I could appreciate because I, I appreciate the suing. I appreciate the spectacle. I appreciate uh like just seeing that amount of extras and coordinating that amount of movement that shit is not easy yes. like at all do you no. know what I mean? like that that is so hard to do and, and totally the ability to do that to make it um uh to make me believe she's a star in the in the midst of all this uh chaos like that's not an easy thing to do so the the the, the yeah. degree of difficulty the 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 the, the chipspa the chutzpah you know to to do something like this. <laughs> I'm going all out with it today. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Like that's what I would what, what I, what I more appreciate. Where I'm just like, where I'm watching it, I'm just like, fuck, dude, this dude did it. And not only that, but it's it's to a rhythm to have a massive elephant p- crash into the middle of this party and <laughs> at, at the height of this event. I'm just I am I am I'm intoxicated by that sequence, personally. Like I I really the the he couldn't the more gonzo it would have got, I'd have been all right with you. Know what I mean, just just how crazy yeah. and off the wall, like, like just ratcheting up a, a notch, after notch after notch. Cause a lot of, a lot of it, I, I feel like the, 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 uh, the point of the film is that it, it is, this is the, the, the rise and fall of, of, uh, not only careers and archetypes, but, but of Hollywood and the corrosion of Hollywood and, and, um, uh, this bubbling sort of gurgling debauchery that happens and then that that after that aftermath at the end of the party of, of somebody dying and them having to you know sneak people out of the back room and um people getting jobs or, or opportunities <laughs> during during this time and and, and yeah. being kind of pushed out it, it just it represents a lot i feel like of the beats that will hit throughout the film and uh, yeah, so I again, like, I, I I could appreciate if your reaction to that was like, "Why are you making me watch this?" I, I was just more of like, "Yes, <laughs> like, I mean, it's supremely I, my shit." <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> it, it was your shit, and they were they were signaling that to you by <laughs> taking shit a it dump right on out. the lens.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but it is it is the director doing it, it is it is because if we're talking boogie nights um and, and we were saying hey he's aping from boogie nights boogie nights is aping from goodfellas you know what I mean? he's doing the exact he's like i want to do my yeah. marty Warner. i'm gonna not only you know i'm gonna not only um uh glide my camera through the coca cabana but i'm gonna come down from the roof and then pass it off into my dp to then skate across the street and then do my one it. It's just like like I like the director, you know, dick on the table. Like I'm just going to just you know like I'm going to do you know, like, like so do the thing, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm going to move the camera it, unnecessarily.
1: I'm glad you I'm glad that you said that because I honestly the uh, the sequence that like so I think some people would use to like pitch this movie mm-hmm. uh, when she when Manny and and um fucking uh Nelly, mm. when Manny and Nelly first start dancing after doing Coke in the back mm-hmm. room, and it's like the rea- the beginning of that like yeah. whole wonder sequence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a few cuts in there where they cut to the like right. close up of her dancing and stuff. Like that scene, f- I mean it, it feels the most more like a musical. Mm-hmm. Like a st- it feels like a stage performance, yeah, right? Yeah, like it's like a like a Broadway yeah. number. Right, right. But I, I do feel like it loses some of the chaos because it, like there, it, there's a lane, for, you know, I feel the lane for the camera to move in oh, man. where she's kind of bouncing around the camera position.
2: It does feel like there's, it's staged in a way that it gives her like a an area in which to do this performance. Do you know what I mean? Like like very yeah. And, and I am so drawn. It, it, she's so magnetic in that in that moment. Do you know what I mean? Like I cannot take. Okay, she, she's I am. I, I wish. Okay, you know what you you if
1: if there was one cut of like the crowd giving her space, oh, I would be I, I would be okay with it. Like that's that's all I would need to sell that scene for me. Because right as is, I I feel. The, the 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 crowd is giving her space automatically before she does anything like it's just her grinding up on manny and but she's already being given this like bubble it just doesn't feel authentic as like you know when you're in a club or whatever and and you're just like shoulder to shoulder with sweaty people right. like she's not she's not crowded for space like you would be in a, in a party like that in an, on the dance I floor i feel like
2: there were beats that were supposed to be of you, you make a, a, an excellent point. Cause I feel like that would have to kind of even show more of her power of this sort of innate, um, yeah. Draw that she has. I, I think when she was on the floor and she's sort of like, like writhing around mm. on the floor, like that was supposed to sort of be like clearing the stage a little bit. Cause then she like rises up from that. And then the, you know the, but we don't necessarily see any because it, yeah. it's, yeah. it's like okay. you know, the god's eye view. So we don't necessarily see people moving out of the way. But I could see him. I could see an argument being made that that was supposed to be her clear in the stage and then rising up and then performing. Oh yeah, in this I mean, I,
1: you're you're selling the scene for me a lot more than I was already giving it credit. Mm. Like it didn't work for me as well as I, I know that it wanted to. Um, I, I I think you know the the music and uh, uh, what's Jovan Jovan uh i think that he you know his his intensity of performance and the, and honestly like you know damien it doesn't an, an excellent mm-hmm. job capturing intensity of performances and and that really propels the right. scene um so i it's not like the scene didn't entirely work for me but that was just some uh, one thing in particular that i like brushed up against what'd
2: you uh catch
1: in this viewing that you hadn't noticed before
2: so i i pick up little things in that that um the uh, first party at Wallach's house. Um, so many great lines in there too personally. I know that you said you didn't like this some of the stuff of the script but Gene uh, uh, Smart's character going is upstairs where Mr. Waller keeps his underage girls <laughs> is where she's trying to like get upstairs <laughs> uh, so perfect um, but there's a guy at the party that's screaming at Manny he goes uh, the chicken stole my fucking coke get it get it for me and just like in a minute and you see this chicken <laughs> running <laughs> under the tape <laughs> I love that bit oh uh, I I uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that's, that a ste- that's a good bit That's a good bit. I'll give you that. Cocaine. That chicken stole my fucking coke. Uh, and this is I noticed this is the second film I've chosen that our lead uh, has to fling a chicken high into the sky for whatever reason. So the similar sequence in Knights of Cabria where she flings a chicken. Man, he has that chicken. He goes outside and just flings it in it's the air. It's just good physical comedy. Right? Yeah, like chickens in the air.
1: It's, you got a sound effect. You got the feathers <laughs> flying. It's just like built in. Yeah, it's great. Uh, the audio is, it's like kind of funny but you're like not really worried about the chicken exactly. like
2: yeah it's great yeah so you mentioned before that this film took a little bit of a loss uh we're gonna play a little high low here sean um did paramount lose on this film higher or lower than sixty five million?
1: Oh, higher for sure oh yeah. i mean stated
2: yeah stated yeah yeah what, what yeah, makes it uh, higher to price. yeah uh, you're right. Yeah, wow, yeah. eighty-seven point four million. They said loss. Uh, so this film would have needed to make, um, I think, two hundred fifty million somewhere to to break even. Um, it it only took in, I, I believe, sixty or somewhere around sixty uh, upon release. I'm sorry, it, it grossed fifteen in the United States, fifteen point four in the United States and Canada, and forty-eight million other territories for a total of sixty-three point four million, um, with a budget of around one hundred and sixty million. So you know it would have needed to have gross 25 wonder, 250 million worldwide and, and, and an estimated loss of 87.4 so not not great not what you want but you know i I'm i f- mean it, it is
1: kind of like who 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 you make this movie for you know me
2: like, <laughs> the, 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 the uh uh i i feel like there's a lot of um I, i I, i'm oh sorry go ahead you um for some reason or another it it feels like you feel like you've seen this i don't feel like i've seen this film before you've made mention of we make this film every every couple years i i I know film on filmmaking i've seen films on filmmaking i've I've never seen it done quite like this uh well, well like i brought up before the movement the rhythm the debauchery uh some of the outsized performance and spectacle, I just hadn't seen it done in this way. So, so I, I feel like okay. that was justification enough for me to, uh, to to be on board and hop on board and, and make this film. Um, I'm curious, Sean, a, a priest, a Buddhist, a rabbi are talking about this film. How do they judge our main character? How are you judging the morality of this film? Uh, what are your thoughts? I
1: mean, I, I am bored by the morality of this film because I think that... A like classic <laughs> conservative uh, roundtable of religious figures would say like oh yes yeah they got what's coming to them right. like it's you know good good classic moral <laughs> tale of like the fall of Sodom and Gomorrah right. and and you know Babylon like right. you know it, it, but it is just like you know like sin gets punished and mm-hmm. uh, and I th- I think that they're like Nope has a much more interesting thing to say about how Hollywood. Choose up bodies, mm. like no nope is talking about the, what the industry does to people in a much more interesting way to me. And I think, I mean, maybe not because I don't think nope did very much financial,
2: like what was <laughs> yeah, exactly well, yeah, a financial yeah, yeah. success either. Wasn't runaway success, but uh, but
1: I so the, I mean, but that gets at what I what, and the kind of the point I made about Inception at the open of like. I think this is a more interesting topic for filmmakers than it is for general audiences. Mm. So when you make a movie about movies, you got to have a point other than like, aren't movies fucking rad? Cause the audience is never going to care as much as you do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think like, you are the target audience for this movie right, right, right? Yeah. because like you are probably like my friend that cares the most about <laughs> movies which is why i love talking about movies right, with you right. uh but so like I, I get it like for sure like i don't i don't think that you are wrong in loving this mm-hmm. movie um but yeah it i think that's maybe why and one of the reasons why it falls short for me too hi sean here this is an ad break or rather it would be if we had advertisers personally i worked in advertising for almost a decade and i'm in no rush to sell dick pills or subscription boxes but if you want to support our fledgling podcast there are better ways to support us at the moment follow us on your podcast service of choice leave us a nice review find us on social media at make me watch podcast you know how to discuss. at this point though in my opinion the most important thing that you could do to help us out is to send an episode to a friend that you think might like it maybe send it to someone that you want an excuse to talk to more Help us turn this into a little community. Give us feedback, you know. And if you really want to send us money, we do have a Patreon. All right, let's get back to the episode. All right, we're going under the lights to the multiversal casting couch. Is there a performance that you think, like, is essential to this movie in every universe? Or is there somebody else you'd like to see in this movie?
2: Uh, I... I was under so we've had a conversation before about people who feel too contemporary um, for the time period. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I want to say Margot Robbie is a case of that for me too. Like where I feel like her face feels too contemporary for the time period. If you see, you know, images of Clara Bow, she does definitely doesn't look as stunning as as a as a Margot Robbie would, um, or maybe stars of that area have. uh, Stars of that era have. Um, but her her magnetism is, is so intoxicating like she gets a pass from me <laughs> she, yeah. she absolutely works in this film uh acting as somebody with star quality is not an easy thing to do as, as we mentioned before and, and i feel like in the midst of this hedonistic um really hyper kinetic party to make her feel like the thing that you want to look at and stare at in that moment um yeah. is is uh a, as a um a nod to her performance and in her performance style i've only seen it done one other time really well or i'm sorry in recent memory uh really well so uh have you have you seen the talented mr ripley are you familiar with that film
1: okay oh, so yeah, yeah, Jude, yeah.
2: the way jude law is handled in that film is is a as a source of of um attraction mm. for everyone around him where he really does feel like somebody you know that that you would want to be around or hang out with um oh, like yeah. his, his performance in that is an, is another one to where it's like trying to pretend oh, i don't i'm sorry go ahead
1: oh no you're i was just thinking like i don't think i i watched that movie so long mm-hmm. ago and i definitely haven't watched that movie since i've been out right, so right. I, like as as a bi man that right. would be much more I that would be an interesting movie to go back and oh, yeah, revisit. Yeah. Uh because i do i remember loving that movie and jude law is so fucking magnetic in that in that role right. like, it is just like it is just so hauntingly attractive right. uh, in a, in a way that is is hard to pull off. Yeah,
2: that, that's yeah. not an easy thing to So I, I wanted to uh, highlight um, her performance in that. Can I say one more thing too about? Um...
1: Oh, I I want oh, yeah, to please, piggyback please. off of that yeah, yeah, real yeah, quick
2: though, because I I think that somebody that pulls that off in this very
1: same movie is Legion Lee yes, as Lady yes. Faye. The the scene in the second party when when like she meets uh uh Margot Robbie's character face to face. It's like so wild that they that she has to pull off being mm-hmm. the spotlight of attention, <laughs> facing Margot right. Robbie, and like for her to even be able to mm-hmm. do that to stand toe to toe there, uh it just speaks to her performance. And yeah, I, she's amazing in this role for oh. sure. Th- I think that's one of the roles for sure that like not only does she look almost identical to the source the uh, material of the, yeah. Mm-hmm. But she's also just incredibly stunning and incredibly charismatic. Just an absolutely killer performance.
2: I also like uh, Lady Faye's bit too. Kind of reminded me of Wayne's World where uh, Wayne immediately starts speaking Cantonese to uh, Tia Carrera's character. But in this one, when Jack starts speaking speaking Cantonese to her and she gets up off the couch, he's like, does not speak Cantonese to me and walks away. (laughs) (laughs) Like the way she does that is amazing. Amazing take. Uh, Speaking of Jack, um, here's something I kind of noticed about the performance and I I wanted to kind of call out. Uh, that I found interesting again you you mentioned he was a composite maybe didn't work as well for you or your little board by pit um I was absolutely enthralled by, by everything he was doing um but the small thing that I noticed about this performance is uh, or um, this character in his psychology is he's he's obsessed with candor and honesty in a way that I found interesting. So at the party, at the very first Babylon party, he makes mention to Lady Faye about the waitress that, you know, was completely honest to him. She's like, that that girl over there, you know, she's completely honest with me, and he found that to be a really interesting uh, note of her character before they start fucking when the elephant walks in. Um, he, so he was just yeah. talking about that uh, talking about that. um yeah, yeah, that waitress that scene confounded me. so it's I can, so um, uh, the honesty is what kind of um I think, made the uh, turn in his head he brings up um there's a uh, another bit where irving uh thorough i'm gonna mispronounce his last name but he was a obviously a famous um uh, uh mgm um he was the wonderkin of his day uh studio exec of his day he gets on the phone with Irving and he just wants him to be honest with him about the quality of the picture that he wants to put him in. Mm. You know what I mean? He's like, just be honest with me. Like, I is, this with, a, yeah. is this a piece of shit? You know what I mean? And, um, the moment with him and Eleanor and my favorite dramatic bit of the, uh, of the movie of, of, uh, you know, you don't want to know why I wrote that. You want to know why they laugh. You want me to just be honest with you about, uh, why people are responding to your films in the way they are. And so honesty being, a, um, uh,
1: mm.
2: a, a big signpost for him, uh, so much so that I love his, his uh, his his take or his um, his response to that with his back turning, he just says, you know, thank you for that, and he walks out of the room. Um, the way that that you know his is uh, that um, back and forth was handled, or or that shot reverse shot of, of, of just on his back before he walks out of the room, handled yeah. very well for me. So uh, honestly, being a um, like I said, a linchpin to that character, or, or just wanting people to be honest with him, uh, being a linchpin for that character, I found interesting in that performance. So. I, that's 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 interesting that's
1: definitely kind of answers some questions i mm. had i think and, and is a a, a a a nice i mean that makes me a little soften on it uh, yeah i i feel like this role would have been a a great opportunity for like a comeback role mm, of okay. somebody who had maybe gone been a little bit more pushed yeah, to the wayside somebody
2: I, you can think of is there um I mean, I have I have a
1: list <laughs> yeah. here of, of but I, I'm curious to to hear. I, I'll give you some of my my uh, options, okay. but I, I'm curious to hear if you have any. No, no, this is the first um, time I'm kind of
2: thinking about it. Yeah,
1: I'm saying like I'll give you some time to think okay. about it. Uh, w- but like, I think Brad Pitt is just playing a little bit too much of just Brad Pitt here. I, yeah. Like he's kind of relying on his his, his kind of persona yeah, yeah. and. I, I would I think that this character would be more interesting if you had somebody that peaked early. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: And and so they had a little bit more like desperation to bring to the role instead of that like confidence and charisma okay. that that Pitt plays yeah, it yeah. with. So, I mean, if you wanted I I have like Pierce Brosnan and I think is uh, like an, it would be an, it, I could see him in this. Okay. Cuz I think he he would play, but he might be a little too old to At play the time, younger yeah, scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Daniel Craig, kind of similarly. I think Daniel Craig would be a really interesting, especially like his face? He, He's got
2: a he has an interesting he's got,
1: face.
2: Like, he's, I'm not sure that he's
1: he's interesting and he's also like uh looks unpleased. Yeah, like you know, like he he's he can be charming and he can be smooth, and then he can also just look like he's having a bad time. And I think, yeah, he's, he wasn't my first yeah. choice. These, those were the first couple names I wrote down. I think like, even like, I mean, uh, Ed Norton or, uh, would be an interesting I'm choice, not sure but I think Ed Norton enough. would probably, do you want to be like, you needed somebody I that, think, that, I think he would just play Ed Norton a little bit. Like, I think it would be interesting to play off of his reputation, in the but i think you already did that in birdman so but i was gonna say i feel like if you're gonna
2: make a character or somebody who's going to be like in birdman he dives into real like the the asshole actor um uh yeah that's what i mean i I feel like he would have come with more of a character than brad pitt would have you know what i mean like Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. uh, i I could see him yeah like really diving into the john gilbert of it all uh even like Keaton, I mean Keaton again is maybe a little yeah, too old, but not he'd be. Enough. But he didn't age.
1: But uh, he, here's here's my here's my my okay. pick that I circled though. Okay. That when I came
2: up with it, I was like, this is the guy, okay. Christian Slater. Imagine Christian. Did you a... did you catch Mister yeah, Robot? I did. Uh, let me pull up a recent picture of Christian Slater. Just to get it in my head.
1: I mean, I'm just thinking like Mister Robot era Christian Slater. I mean, that's not that old. It's only like a few years back. <sighs> yeah. But because I think I think you need somebody. Because I mean, like Clark Gable's not like Brad Pitt hot, you know. Like I mean, you had your like your uh, like Humphrey Bogarts and stuff too, where it's just like people yeah. with interesting faces. And I, I don't think Christian Slater necessarily interesting faced, but I, I I think he's got the like peaked it. early yeah uh, vibe, and and he's an interesting enough actor, but also you know besides mr robot like hasn't had a real like career revival on this on this stage uh i think that that would that's an in an alternate universe that's a a movie i would have liked to see is is christian slater
2: in this role okay all right i still think i like i like because is what brad represents in the archetype in the archetypal sense of, of the dashing matinee idol um leading it's man too easy he's already that yeah. archetype and so it's like uh, but as a commentary he, on he, it and somebody representing it in a more because this film too like it, it, it's anachronistic right like the, the film some of the filming techniques aren't necessarily of 19 the 1920s or um and we'll get in that uh, a, a little bit later as well um uh, you know, some of the they don't speak in the way that people may, would speak in the 1920s. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it, it's supposed yeah. to feel like the contemporary version of that time period. So that that's why Brad kind of works a little bit more of the idealistic, you know, um, matinee idol in my eyes, but I don't, I don't hate Christian Slater. I actually think I like Ed Norton a little bit more. For whatever reason about him, when you write Ed Norton, I, like, I could kind of see him doing the thin pencil, the pencil thin mustache. I could mustaches. see him, Yeah, like, I, I like, like, I like, like, I like, like <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, when, I like, see with the hair see it. Like, I could kind of, I could kind of see him doing that. Even like,
1: I think like, sad Ben Affleck. Oh, that's another. You Stater know what, that's, a, that's another a interesting good. one. You
2: know, or, or how do you feel about Matt? Like, maybe, maybe, um, He's a little too soft, I think. Like, I don't
1: think. I I think he's a a great actor. I I love him. Or not, Brad. I I, Um, I
2: just. uh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Matt. Not
1: Matt. Damon or or Ben. Ben? I'm sorry. I I like
2: Ben as well. Like Ben. Yeah, I can see Ben.
1: Yeah, I think. I think Ben has the right amount of like macho and inner turmoil. I think Matt Damon doesn't look like as internally conflicted as Ben does. Okay.
2: That's just, that is it. that's not that he right. can't,
1: not that he couldn't play it. Like, he, they're, they're both great actors, but like, but that's the uh, beautiful just, thing
2: is yeah. like, it, it, it is such a broad archetype that you can really kind of switch in and out. Like, like Denzel, I wonder, would, you know, if we were, I don't know about an yeah. older yeah. Denzel, so, but, but, you know, like, a, like a younger, um, but yeah, I mean, for the time, the 1920s, obviously, there, there weren't were going to be like that, that large of a black actor, a black, a leading man actor. Um, uh, so, yeah. yeah, but, but I could so see that, if you wanted actually, to. You know, just not in a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weak, you know totally. I mean? No, I, yeah. I see it. Yeah.
1: That that leads me into my my next question, which is the what what performance would you like to pick up and drop in okay. another movie?
2: Uh, so Olivia Hamilton's roof, the director, PJ Byrne, Max, the first AD, and Carson Higgins, Lloyd, the sound guy. I want to see them in several short films, where each of them in with the DP die at the end. <laughs> In some inadvertent way, like, like like I love I love their I love their interplay I love their dynamic. Even even you know early when we see the early uh, silent film era, uh, he's like I can see your erection. He's like all right, tuck it up, just tuck it up, tuck it up, <laughs> like, tuck it up. The way that they are the way that they bounced off each other, uh, I I love uh, the, the the trio the performance. Yeah, the fucking bit with the song, he comes in, oh, he's yeah. like have you had surgeries, <laughs> and if you could just keep your right leg completely still, and just like the like <laughs> Olivia's non reaction to that and her. Eyes just like following him back up the stairs. Oh, uh, she gives an awesome performance in this one. <laughs> I loved it. Um, did you do do you have a performance that you, you uh that you can see picking up and putting in another movie?
1: Oh yeah. Uh uh Sidney Palmer, uh yeah. uh Jovan Adepo. Yeah. I think like his so I would watch uh you know whiplash with this character basically like you know watch a a biopic of of this character like the you know he gets such a little mini arc Mm -hmm. uh a screen time Mm -hmm. and and that's you know we'll get into like you know kind of rewrites later but like i i i think the he plays the intensity of performing Mm -hmm. different in each scene in a different way you know in the first time he's he's swept up in the intensity of the party Mm -hmm. And then you see him you know getting out you know he's expressing his anger at the uh you know situation that he's in and then at the end you, you see him like kind of like relaxing into to like his like kind of creative groove mm-hmm. uh and, and like you know realizing and recognizing his place and then being more confident and like he just with such little i mean he obviously Damien like is a, uh, uh, one of the things that i give him the most credit for is is he captures these performances and intensity of performances specifically really right. well and it's like there's such little work on the page mm-hmm. for uh jovan to do here but he does so much with it Absolutely. and it, it, uh, yeah I, w- I would watch him he's a uh, he's in uh the watchman miniseries who, who does he play in the Watchmen? uh really briefly i had to look up because i was like he looks so familiar who does he play? I, he's, the, he, he's the flashbacks to the Hooded Justice.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't pick that up. Yeah, I had yeah. To, I
1: went and looked at because I was like that. Yeah, yeah. I recognized his face from something, and I I didn't. He's in some other stuff right, too right. that I hadn't I didn't seen, like fences
2: with Denzel. Awesome. That yeah. was why I, when you you mentioned Denzel, and I was like, how oh, did that like, how did that uh, scene it. hit you? The um, uh, Manny making him darken the skin and in his uh, I, I, talk to me a little bit about that arc, like uh, it, it was affecting for me it, in, the, in the theater. Like I I, re- I really felt as far oh, as dramatically yeah, I that mean, that really worked really well for me. Absolutely, yeah. and
1: I think that that really solidified. I th- I. It solidified, I think, what they were trying to do with Manny's character Mm -hmm. of, like, showing him I mean, I would say, like, giving up his morals or, like, Mm -hmm. degrading his morals Mm -hmm. in order to go further but really the movie starts with him, like, literally helping them hide a body so, like... You know, he's really been a piece of shit right. the whole time. You see just, him getting
2: worse and worse. It's becoming more yeah. obvious as, yeah. That's kind of what I meant too about the morale, like judging the morality of the film uh, and like leaving the last yeah. bit on his shoulders. I was like, well, he was not a character that was all the way good, but I don't need that either. Like you, you brought up likability earlier. I don't, like, like in my, fuck likability, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, likability is too much of a, of a, of a like, uh like Tony Soprano, not likable. You know, uh, uh, Walter White, not likable. Like I, I don't I don't need a likable person. But, I just need an interesting uh, okay, person. Okay. So, I think but
1: like Tony Soprano and obviously you I oh, talked right, about right. Soprano, I don't watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh <laughs> like uh those characters are they're not likable in the sense that they are like you think they are good people, but they're likable in the sense that like we, we've talked about this before, like you understand why they're doing the things that they're doing. Mm. And it's like you can kind of be like, ooh, maybe if I was in that situation, I would do that too. Mm-hmm. Versus like Manny here, where you're like, fuck this and fuck you. <laughs> uh like it, it's it's hard to you can make that your main character, but you have to do it's a much harder job to make a care a main character who's making such unlikable decisions Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that it's not it's necessary to have likable characters but if you're having a character make like these despicable choices you either need to do the work to show him like either struggling with it or not struggling with it or just you know Kind of recognize it in some way, but I just don't feel like they focused enough on that part of Manny's character. I mean, that's that's where I say I think the three main leads are the most disappointing part of the movie. I think they don't explore Manny, it, it, the 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 willingness that he is to give up other people, and like how he he sees this industry churning people out, and he's just like putting his chips in, like hell yeah, let's fuck them up. Like I, I think. It really the movie doesn't explore that enough. It doesn't really do anything that interesting with Nelly that wasn't done in other movies about you know, like any pick a movie about Marilyn Monroe, yeah, pick a movie agree. about any like, tra- right. tragic starlet, yeah, and and that's kind of what I mean. Like you're right that you know, and then yeah, we already got into like why Brad Pitt's character didn't work for me. So like I, the three main characters, I think are are really. I I forgot why I'm even talking about. Oh, because you want we're talking about the blackface. Mm. Uh, uh, right, right. How I, I think yeah. it, it, it that scene hit me because I, I I sympathized with Sid, and that was the scene where I was like, damn, I really wish that Brad Pitt was a side character in Manny's plot, and then RC character was Sid. Like I I wish I wish Sid you got, said RC's character. <laughs> like,
2: who, which one was RC?
1: Our, our C, like, it, like giving a, giving the characters, like, A, B, C. Oh, oh our C character. So, like,
2: okay. if, if Manny hmm.
1: and uh, Nellie are A and B yeah. characters, and then Brad Pitt is our yeah. C character, I, I would like to see him as more of a supporting mm-hmm. role and um, Jovan's uh, Sydney Palmer, like, elevated to a co-main. uh Because I think that that, that would have something more interesting to say and, and whatever, but... um
2: Yeah, um... Again, I, I need you to be less likable and more interesting. So if, if there's an interesting character, despicable or not, or choice or not, like I, yes. I'm more just, I'm I'm more apt for that. And, and like I I reacted to that before, not to keep beating a dead horse, but the I feel like thematically the film showing that these archetypes are cyclical. Becomes the point of of putting these people through the grinder in the way in the in the obvious way that he does. Not necessarily that it's supposed to work any better because I, I I don't feel that it does. I I do feel that like Nelly passed the past the party and not even the rattle like even before the rattle sequence. Um um a- after the sound sequence, I'm I'm pretty much good on Nelly. <laughs> like it's a feature wrap for me yeah. on Nelly's character. Um, not that she does a poor job. I just don't think that. The structure of the film lends itself to to do anything much it, interesting with her. It's just a
1: classic starlit right. downfall that we've seen yeah, before. It's just
2: um, I, I don't know? necessarily care about the dynamic between her and uh, Manny, so uh, it's, it's it's hard to. But I do like I do like what uh, what Brad's doing in that second half of the film. But
1: that's so funny because I that was how I felt. I with the exception of the scene with the film critic that you point mm. out that there as soon as. Um, Brad Pitt, or, um, I can't remember the character, Jack mm. Conrad's friend that kills George, himself. Yeah, that, George, yeah, th- George. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that when that's like the first time that he brings that yeah. up and it's obviously messing with yeah. him, I was like, oh, he's gonna shoot himself. Yeah, like it, it, that, that's that's that, was pretty, that's Brad, yeah, you
2: telegraph pretty obviously for he, me too. And that, that's one of the bits that didn't necessarily work, but I do like before he kills himself in that conversation with, um, Lee Jun Lee. Is it Lee Jun Lee? Uh, anime Wong, the yeah. anime Wong um, character, uh, where in the moment he says, you know, he, she compliments his wife or she's like, oh, you know, your, your wife's beautiful. And she's like, oh, you know, she doesn't, she has no idea it's going to end like all the others. Uh, and he asks her, do you like her? And she's like, oh, you know, no. And he says, uh, um, you should save her or you should, like, a little crack in his veneer in that moment. Uh, uh, you should save her. You yeah, know, You should... Uh, uh, something like that, something to that effect he, he says in that line and, and then he kind of laughs it off and says, you know, wasn't that a great time or wasn't, you know, back in the 20s such a great time. They do a little reminiscing Um a uh, beautiful sequence I, I feel like a beautiful interplay between the two and, and I, you, like you said you, in the theater I don't like saying that I feel like kind of a douche when people where yeah, they're just like oh I, uh, I, I saw that a mile away or I saw I'm like yeah, you know did you, did you really <laughs> or are you just telling me that after the fact uh, yeah. But, oh yeah oh I, I mean I, we, I we had that <laughs>
1: argument about fucking uh, Infinity War oh or the hammer
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, you totally did fucking call that <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> but I I I, I uh, 100% agree and in the theater I'm like okay yeah he's totally yeah, it's, uh, it's a wrap on, uh, on Brad <laughs> after this scene, after yeah. this moment. Uh, let's throw it to a break, huh?
0: Hiya, kids. Hiya. Ah! There's one pet I like to pet
1: and every evening we get set I stroke it every chance I get it's my
2: girl's pussy. Uh, do you, what do you want to... I'm probably going to throw it to you, so if you want to start with uh, my girl's pussy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Incredible.
2: You know that was a real song <laughs> back in the 20s? That's an actual song. No, I yeah, didn't. That's an actual song. That's again too what he was trying to aim at is that the 20s were you know a lot more raunchier than people give it credit for. Um justification for the film. Anyway. <clears throat> All right, guys, we're gonna get behind the lens and we're gonna start here with our shot for shot segment where Sean and I are gonna just trade off some of our favorite shots in the film. Sean, you want to start us off? What uh what shot do you got for us? All right. One of my favorite shots here I got I'm gonna start
1: out with is uh Lady Faye's introduction uh Legion Lee. Jun Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh specifically I have her close up uh tagged here. Um it is they they just light her so per- perfectly here and I I love the the interplay with her white mm-hmm. glove uh where they have this really hard incredibly intense uh spotlight mm-hmm. on her coming just straight down. Uh, and her top hat is keeping all of it off of her her face uh and, and f- from the wide shot you can barely see any detail in her face at all and then in the close-up she brings up her hand with the cigarette in it and the the white glove acts as a bounce to light her face and it's just so elegant and just adds i mean that's that's her character It's just this like elegant effortless sexuality and and for her being in charge of her own light like mm. just like elegantly raising her hand with a cigarette and that
2: being her beauty light is like ugh, such a good touch command of the room I love that shot too uh I'm gonna yeah. move on to um my shot takes place 23 minutes into the film it's um Margot Robbie writhing on the table and it's a very low angle uh, uh shot where she kind of looks like a scarlet statue of liberty um the primary colors, the extreme, uh, like it's almost a sort of a Dutch tilt, but the extreme angle of the up and then the way her body kind of pulsates and arrives in a very serpentine kind of way. Uh, Balloons. For whatever reason, I love party streamers and balloons in old-timey mansions. (laughs) I only bring this up because there's another shot similar to this in uh, Phantom Thread (laughs) where it takes place with uh, balloons and old-timey streamers. Uh, The hands in the shot that that, uh, sort of... um, what would you say, like sort of crop her in the center there or sort of send her in the yeah, center Yeah, they're,
1: they're framing her a little bit. And I love the way they're kind of like grasping at her. But yeah, they they frame her nicely as this like, you know, idol. She basically. feels like this a deity like, in, this,
2: in this shot. Uh, yeah. and, and it's the shot that uh, where the, um, the fixer, the other Hollywood fixer, I'm going to forget his name, uh, but he points her out as being the girl that they want to bring to set. And they immediately... It's, isn't that Flea? Yeah, Flea. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Flea. I'm not...
1: He's so funny in well, this.
2: Like I, yeah, I love him. Um, fucking, uh, th- 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 he's a band guy, right? There, there's a help me out with flea. Red hot There, Chili there we go. Because uh, what's the other guy that's always at the Laker game? I think it is flea. Yeah, it's flea. Yeah. Um, yeah. So flea picking out uh, uh Margot in that shot, and she's supposed to feel like the thing he would have his eye would have been drawn to enough to where she's yeah. gonna be the girl to. To, to with yeah. So I feel like that, that shot really helps support that.
1: Um, Sean, your next one? All right. So my my next shot here is from my favorite sequence, I think. Uh it's the the culmination of the big battle sequence, uh where they you know rush Brad Pitt's character to set mm-hmm. while he's drunk and they got all the extras in the background. Uh and the the shot that they have from behind the camera. So you, you see the the camera operator. Uh, And then, you know, Brad Pitt and and his romantic lead in the foreground and then the the sunset dust filled field with the 300 extras all, you know, shooting a battle sequence behind them. I mean, this is, I think, like one of the sequences that's most successful in the in the film. And it's also like just putting a bunch of bodies on the ground as, you know. Elements mm-hmm. as decoration in your frame, like even even using bodies as a lighting element, because mm-hmm. that you know you have these like silhouettes of all of these extras, and they're kicking up mm-hmm. dust that's serving as atmosphere. So the dust from the battle scene of all the three hundred people mm-hmm. running around is what's giving the shot depth. That's awesome, and you can actually see the distance into the mountains and stuff. So it's like using just raw numbers of people to achieve an, an element is something that it, i think emblematic of, of this like 1920 style of filmmaking where you're just like let's just brute force this shit and just make these like incredibly beautiful images through just sheer willpower mm-hmm. like you know like building monuments and and it's yeah it's the same vibe of like you know that the pyramids were built with They're just like we're doing it because we can uh not because it's like oh what's the best like line item sheet on a budget like this shot to me represents that era of, of Hollywood. And I
2: think it, largely like what this movie is about. I like that a lot. I lo- also love the scene of Manny getting the camera. I think it's like the 2708 or the 2709. Oh my like God. Like everything he wrote in that movie. <laughs> and then how long it takes the camera to get there. <laughs> and then when he's about to leave, he's like, we have an eight part sign out process. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so perfect. What's funny, I, I actually like, I had to like, Catch
1: myself on that scene Cause I'm like Motherfucker Like rental people Are the nicest motherfuckers In the world Like they're so helpful <laughs> I've never Like every camera house I've ever been in They treat me like A fucking Like I'm Like they, they You go in there And you They act like You are Brad Pitt You know like You're in there Like what do you need? What can I get you? Like they're just hovering over you. Like I, I've had nothing but good experiences in oh, rental no, houses. I've had a few ones in
2: my day. I'm not going to lie to you. Like a, you do run it to the occasional oh, like technocrat asshole. Um, uh the, if you don't have the specifics Or I need to let you know That I'm a camera nerd uh, Yeah I, oh, I feel like I, Yeah Fuck like, those guys yeah, I, I definitely yeah. run into Those guys in my day That's why I feel like It's so perfect Because I Like the, the disaffected Like just looking down like, not even looking up And acknowledging uh, Like yeah. I, I've been there before Where I like Dude I, I know I,
1: I just I had to I, I, I've i been there before In other situations So I had to just I was like Ready to fight for my Fucking camera guys Though
2: I was like They're excellent
1: people You will not besmirch Their reputation
2: such a fun sequence. Uh my next shot takes place uh nearly 2 hours into the film. It's about an hour and 58 minutes and it's Brad Pitt walking in on the screening of the um John Gilbert uh compositeed scene of I love you I love you I love you and the audience um reacting to that. And it's a diptych tight shot where one panel of the uh of the frame is um bathed in orange or a Tuscan light and he's walking in with the classic film noir silhouette with a top hat and the other yeah. one is in the in the, in the cool uh uh, is it wouldn't be a fr, uh, fluorescent would it the cool tone is that flor, uh, fluorescent it wouldn't be a fluorescent light uh, not necessarily I mean yeah, yeah. the real just, cool, just cool real cool blue tone and the one of the things that I love about this shot is because it reminds me of the Gracie Films logo do you remember the end of like the Sim- of Simpsons and he would like the dun dun the like Gracie Films logo I love that logo that kind of reminds me a little bit but I love the ornate nature of the theater I miss like theater palaces like this yeah like the 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 curtains the staging the the uh this is i love this 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 architecture style like these are these are my favorite places
1: to shoot Uh, in la the the, you know this this old hollywood shit and you know we we talked about when we talked about knights of Kiberia, Mm -hmm. the the apartment that they have for the rich guy in that one i was making fun of how tacky it was like this is the opposite where i'm like there's there's a shot uh when uh Brad Pitt's arguing with his wife, uh, who's like helping him rehearse right. lines and he's just like chewing right. her out. Uh the her just like lounging back on that couch and then there's the shot down oh, the hallway right, or whatever. Right. Like I almost picked that just because it was so gorgeous, but I'm like, no, I just love that house yeah. most of Oh, it was gorgeous.
2: The Spanish villa. Um so yeah, I love the um I love the I love the interplay of the light. I love the silhouettes, particularly the woman in her hat and this feather that's sort of making me uh curl there. Um yeah. uh, the
1: even the little like gold uh, you know, kind of foil stuff going on in the in the architecture right. too above the movie screen. Like it's it's yeah. it's a great and it very like segmented like yes. you were saying like it's, just and it's a, central, a really the, stark line right between the two the
2: diptych nature of the uh, um, the, uh, of, of the frame and then the close up that happens as Brad Pitt walks into the curtain that's on his uh, shoulder left um, he walks into a close up that that's, uh, really kind of marries these two shots that I like a lot feels, um, feels like a classic uh, cut of cinema so yeah those are our shot for shots
1: so yeah I mean this obviously this is a movie about filmmaking and about the craft of filmmaking but I'm what's what's your
2: favorite uh use of craft in in this movie? I you know so this is interesting um Damien is a director to me he doesn't really have like a signature shot you know what i mean so, to be as prolific mm. as a writer director that he is and a filmmaker is in a visual stylist as he is it, it's not as if he has the um like the center punch Kubrick type shot do you know what I mean or the uh, yeah. the dolly pool the like, trunk Spike shot Spike Lee you know what I mean like, yeah. or yeah a trunk shot like uh, Quentin you know what I mean Um, he he kind of feels like a journeyman Artur a little bit uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, know yeah, why yeah. but like from from film to film he kind of milled into chameleon. what he needs to be, it is right? Like,
1: uh, but, but like an artisan chameleon, like, yeah,
2: you know what I mean? So, I another composite I, I was thinking is, how do you think Ridley Scott and him work in terms of like visual mm. stylist? You know, like Ridley Scott, I can't necessarily wow, there's not yeah, like that signature really... shot, but from like, do you see the Napoleon trailer? Have you, have you seen uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean, like, like it's it's incredible like as far as like a visual stylist is, is concerned, but there doesn't really seem like there's a voice consistent For from film sure. to film. It, but there's like a,
1: a thing that they're a consistent like uh, skill set. Like, right. Like, like in the yeah. same way that it's we a were, highest I, level I was of saying craft like possible. the intense well like and like things that they're specifically good at like Damien mm-hmm. Chazelle is like really good at intensity and rhythm and right. I think like Ridley Scott's really good at like geography yes. uh, and like s- big spaces. Like he's, he's i mean just establishing the feel of a space so the audience mm-hmm. doesn't get confused and being able to go like really cramped really big like he, he's he's i think expert at communicating like geography and geometry in a scene yeah
2: that's interesting um i mean it, it um his work in blade runner do you know what i mean like that becomes what neo noir type cities look like yeah <laughs> moving forward yeah. the geography that he captures in that um and yeah, like the constant, you know, feeling, you know, mm-hmm.
1: that he's, he's, he's able yeah. to evoke like, you know, he, he can be in like relatively big spaces, but he's always making you feel right. cramped in that movie. Like, you know, it's, it's, and yeah,
2: that's interesting. I like that a lot. Uh, what about you? Is there, is there, I have several things, but let's just go back and forth. What, what, what do you have? Yeah. Next to I mean, the editing in general is, is
1: masterful in this, in yeah, this movie. I think Tom my favorite. Cross. My favorite bit that the, he does with the edit is the smash cut to lunch. Oh, yes.
2: I'm so glad you said that. Yes. <laughs> the,
1: the smash cut to lunch oh, definitely yeah. got got a good laugh <laughs> out of
2: me for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh I wanted to call out that both uh, Jordan Peele's Nope and Babylon share the visual metaphor of the the horse in motion, the Edward Muybridge Um uh, horse yeah. in motion, so the it takes iconic, place. In, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a bigger part of note, but it, it definitely takes place in the beginning of the montage at the end of this film. Uh, so just is something that's in the zeitgeist. I found that to be interesting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> both, yeah. Uh, yeah, two uses, of, and they're of, both that, uh, they're both
1: talking about Hollywood. Like right. those are both movies about Hollywood. So they're referencing like you know the you know piece of film history. Like that right. yeah, is yeah. it is interesting. I think I think that these movies are those movies are definitely in com- in conversation with each other.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Do you have a next one?
1: Um I just have a lot of complaints. I'm trying to find a nice one. <laughs>
2: We're gonna get into the rewrite section next. Oh, so. I mean
1: the 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 music absolutely rips. Like the the yeah, her the the, kills the song, this fucking score. This score yeah, is incredible, it's dude. So good. I mean, yeah. but the, like that's something the, I, would, know,
2: the, I would I would want to see. Like like a New Orleans like thirty six piece like you know brass band <laughs> kind of like handle coming down. Hell like, yeah! yeah. Like, I love that
1: beat. Um, yeah, I I think that yeah the 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 score is so excellent and, and the energy. The, the sweatiness of everything mm-hmm. and like, I mm-hmm. mean that everything really comes together in, in, in the, the, the party sequences. Yes. I think. Uh, I, I think especially I like little, in that first okay. party okay. sequence.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, it, it sets a table for something that feels like it could have taken place there, but it's still a little contemporary, a little like, like the, those beats of those movements kind of still feel, you know, um, something that you could, you could listen to in both time periods. It, 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 it works for, um, because I've been playing it all week. Um, Eleanor and Jack's conversation about the, uh, you know, the lineage of, um, of, uh, or, you know, the people that have worked mm-hmm. in this industry, you know, that have contributed to this art form. It feels like it's a conversation that happens in many writer-director films. So uh Directors like having to converse with their critics. <laughs> so Birdman, is, you know, eight and a yeah. half is an example of that adaptation. You know, is another one. So. Not,
1: not many people side with the critic, though. Like, not many. <laughs> yeah, people it, I mean, it, obviously, it, the critic. She calls herself a cockroach.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, she she does
1: call herself a cockroach in the scene. So it he needs couldn't to be, resist. Needs to
2: be lower than yeah. <laughs> he could, yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't resist that.
1: throwing at least a jab in there. But yeah, I did. I did think it was interesting. I you you had a much uh more like gracious take on that scene and, and definitely like made that scene uh, like uh mm. make sense a little bit more and, and like me I appreciated it more like hearing hearing yeah, yeah. your take on it uh but yeah I do it I I did like was like yeah. ugh another like you know movie about filmmaking <laughs> with it's like requisite critic right. for you to beat up uh and then when he when it was like oh like she kind of is right and like makes a nice point at the end it was like okay like that's that's kind of nice it's still it i in the moment i wasn't like feeling it but i i think I, i like it now
2: uh last one for you sean um we have two very similar beats, uh, from Knights of Cabrera and here of a low status character entering the mansion of a high status character and immediately beginning to like pick up their clothes and clean up after them. And then that high status <laughs> character grabbing the clothes and throwing them back on the, uh, on the ground again. Uh, <laughs> that was that a good beat. That's a good beat too. <laughs> Manny in this one, trying to clean up after, uh, Brad Pitt's character. And then, uh, yeah, he's... Uh, uh, trying to clean up after Alberto's character in the, uh, and that's Cabrera in the mansion uh, Two uh, two similar beats. Um,
1: that that's okay so uh, not to beat a dead horse but i think mm-hmm. that actually is a really interesting point to uh like bring out in manny's character because i mm-hmm. think if if we highlighted more of manny starting out as like desperate to be useful mm-hmm. which is i think what that what he's kind of doing in that scene is he's mm-hmm. like trying he's being useful by any means necessary Mm-hmm. And then showing how that mindset can lead you to do things that you would have otherwise thought was like morally reprehensible.
2: I feel that's in the text. You don't feel that's in the text it, of
1: the film. I think I think that the movie shoots like it, it takes away from that point by having him so willing to hide the OD in girl's body in the beginning of the movie, like no questions asked. He is, like, de- he knows where the big stockpile of drugs is. Mm-hmm. He's chasing down the chicken with the cocaine. He's hiding right. the girl's body that's ODing. And, like, the in the scene, they're like, oh, his concern in the scene isn't, like, let's get this girl medical help. His concern in the scene is, like, is anybody really gonna care if we bring this girl's body through the party? Like, it's right. a big party. It'll be fine. And then, you know, he comes up with the elephant bit or whatever. But, like, he's already willing to like do whatever it takes and he has so you, no, I'm, I'm confused. So, so, because so, it it I, feels I, like
2: that's what you, what's happening in the film seems like what you just want, what you no, just saying, I want to, I want
1: to see either him. I, I, I either struggle see, with that choice. I want to either see him explore that he has been doing this the whole time or show him descend into being worse but the movie wants to act like he's descending, even though he's been like it the whole time. I see. What so you're it's saying. like, you okay. got to pick one. You got to have him, okay. have him start innocent and become corrupted or mm-hmm. have him realize that he's been this like hustler the whole time. Cause I mean, that's, that's the part of his character that rings true to me is like, I know guys in LA that got me jobs and also mm-hmm were absolutely trying to take advantage of me you know like it it was like i'd work with you as long as it worked out for me because i knew that you were trying to sell me out you know like and and like you 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 see the people like that you try to avoid them you try to get into creative partnerships that are you know respect you more and more collaborative or whatever but Mm. you know i definitely had people that were like just trying to to make a buck off of me
2: uh, I think that's, that's an interesting point. Um, and I think I, I agree uh, to a certain extent, like if you would have made the, the descent into um, moral corrosion a little clear, uh, cause he yeah. does kind of start, you know, the elephant is such a big thing, you know, to start with. And, and then it, it's hard to kind of feel like there's a descent from there. I, I, I think the, the darkening of the skin is supposed to feel like that. And it is, it does, in in my opinion, in in the screening feels a lot more charged, particularly racially charged. Oh yeah. yeah. So it does feel like a more significant or intrusive and humiliating and, you know, thing to ask, to ask of somebody. I feel like that was supposed to be the real like low point of his character. Um, or at least it's his character, his decision of his, his, his character makes, um, but then he keeps descending. Then he
1: like continues to be strung out and like worse. You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah, that I, should I, have not, been yeah. the low point of his character, but it it was just a stop in the journey along the way. Even well, though he it doesn't was really tri-
2: make much more, like he because like, the Nelly thing, um, he brings the money. But there's not really he's he's sort of reactionary after that. Like He gets a bit more passive yeah. after that moment. Do you want know I mean? to yeah. like, there's I just not mean a really lot like, of like it,
1: they get the like good fellas. Like he's like unhinged, like trying to pull her. Or, like we gotta get the fuck out of here. We gotta go to Mexico. Like, you know, he's like he's like acting right. like he's like high out of his fucking mind. Like right. Uh, like that. That's more what I mean. Of like he seems like he that at that point that's the bottom of the barrel when he's like completely unhinged. Mm-hmm. Right, and right. then they're like talking
2: about getting married and having kids and shit. Yeah, like, none, of, none of that. It's just like me. complete fucking fantasy. Uh, Speaking of which, that's a perfect segue to uh, if we were to rewrite a scene, what would you have happen instead? I, I got I got a lot for this. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't have a lot, uh,
1: mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll I have just a short, and I, I already alluded to it earlier, so I'll just mm-hmm. like breeze through it. Yeah, but yeah. I I just want a scene. I think that you have your three leads all in these three parties Mm -hmm. and I think each of them, you need a scene where the three of them are in a room together. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, at least you need more scenes with Brad Pitt and and Margot Robbie like actually Mm -hmm. acting off of each other. Mm -hmm. But I I think that for this movie to, like, I mean, it needs to have a reason to have three leads. Mm -hmm. And it just, I think if it wove those stories together a little bit more, Mm-hmm. Uh it would maybe be a little bit more successful overall for me. And I, I, I want to see that done. I, I think the way that I would do that is by having a scene. Even like I was thinking the it, it could be as, as short as just like a repeated motif like moment, like uh like where they're meeting eyes, mm-hmm. you know, you could hyper stylize it. <laughs> Almost like you're like Dreamweaver, like Wayne's World sequence, but Dream like
0: Weaver.
1: Yeah, but but like kind of the like you could do that and distort it as it goes of like in the beginning it's you know, them kind of like meeting uh like seeing Nelly through Manny's eyes, and then mm-hmm. seeing Manny through Jack's eyes, and then seeing Jack through you know, like it, it like doing something like that so at least give them some interplay between the three leads, uh is, is what I think this movie is missing.
2: I don't hate that decision. I, I feel like there's no reason why she couldn't have been, you know, the um, the love interest in the um, uh, "I love you, I love you, I love you" scene. You know what I mean? Like and, and have mm-hmm. them have starred in a film together. You know what I mean? There, But but I also don't mind it as well in, in terms of these being four separate archetypes in the in the grand Hollywood story. Him the uh, him the falling star, her the rising star, Manny the you know the. Uh, PA turned studio executive, uh, you know the the, music, the musician, the um, somebody on the outskirts of, of Hollywood writing the titles and uh, flirting with getting in the industry. It, it it kind of felt again like four or five or several different antidotes that are taking place all at one time and, and again cyclical natures of these antidotes uh happening in throughout time. So it didn't bother me, but I do like said it would have been such an easy fix to kind of get them, you know, the two big the biggest leads of your yeah. film together and talking. So I don't hate it as well. Uh I, you know, I'm gonna I realize I want to kind of maybe pare down a little bit of what I'm saying here. So uh forgive me if I go a little long, but stick with me. Um we talked about the structure of this film and particularly the second half of this film not working as well. So, you know, reiterate the first hour and a half, uh, very little notes to no notes. Like I love it. like the way this film starts. The thirty minute mark of the Babylon title coming in after the party. I was just like, I was in my seat. Like, there's no way he could keep up this pace. I fucking That's love so, what's going on
1: here. You uh, you asked me to just I'll, just briefly because you asked me. To oh, note, I did
2: ask you yeah, when you kinda yeah jumped off. That route,
1: was yeah. the moment when I checked the time. When I when he when you hit the title <laughs> card at 30 minutes, I was like, How fucking long is this movie? And so I hit pause and it's like
2: three fucking hours? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that
1: that 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 was the exact that moment like, that I was like, I what the it. fuck?
2: Like that that was he was doing in the blank check sense of the the podcast ethos and, and of the word of a director have, coming off an Oscar win and you just get to do everything or anything that you want to do. Um, and I are both fans of the of that podcast as well. Um, I love that you take this kind of big swing and you, you make yeah. something that's an interesting mess. Um, so the second half, like I like I mentioned, doesn't work as well for me. Like I, I'm really not a fan of the Rattlesnakes week, a sequence. I, I feel like that's too much screen time for something that. Doesn't really feel like it. it, it uh, listening to Damien's interviews and Tom Cross' interviews uh, uh, of this week, they were aiming at small bits of erosion happening through these sequences. And you're, and you're noticing things are getting crazy and you're noticing things are getting chaotic and spiraling out of control. And people are getting, you know, um, uh, wildly uh, untenable. So I can see what he's trying to do there. But I think a more interesting technique or way to have handled that would have been something similar to. Um, uh, uh maybe, maybe the structure that the Steve Jobs. Did you ever did you see ever see the Steve Jobs movie? The um. Yes, I, I totally agree with you. Like I, I was, I
1: almost made that point that like doing a Sorkin esque almost right. Of like if it like you you mentioned earlier, just doing yeah, the like the, production, production party pro- rap right. production exactly. You know, production yeah. rap party production rap party. If, if it you, was the mm-hmm. yeah, I totally agree. And I and to you know to your point earlier about the like vignettes uh i I think like what is the master stroke that makes stories like that work is when those vignettes like come together in interesting ways like if if you don't have them braided together in interesting ways then then why are you doing this in the same movie like you know right right yeah that's a a question
2: that needs to be answered totally on the same page there uh if i and i would want to kind of maybe rewrite certain sequences um, to make them a little bit more interesting or to have a result be a little bit more interesting now you brought up the fact these are antidotes that we know the the history behind or the story of so it's not really surprising i do agree in that and so i'll take the example of the fatty Arbuckle uh, hiding the body scene or sequence and the way it's written to me i, I feel like that that Uh, if we're going to how many passes a scene has been through, it's one of those ones that just kind of happens with the beats that I expect it to. Um, So what I found strange, we have Flea, you know, he, he's under a lot of duress until he'll just ask in the moment, Hey, um, uh, or who was who? Who invited her here? Who is responsible for this? And for whatever reason, Fatty Arbuckle just kind of raises his hand, and says "me," and then he goes over there and slaps him a few times. And, and, yeah. and I know it's supposed to add to the chaos, or it, but it, but it feels like a writer just writing something to add to the chaos sake, and it doesn't really have a lot of um, interest behind it for me personally. So I would I would maybe would have liked to seen him play with status in that moment. If Flea is somebody that's subservient to Fatty Arbuckle up into a point to where he's uh, now you've killed an actress, and that kind of violates the the yeah. The higher now machine. you now you
1: fucked up, right? You, exactly,
2: yeah. and then that that change kind of turns, and we we kind of see how valuable the crap or. You're, no one's bigger than the machine if if you make this little yes. moment in that sort of speak to the theme of the, of the movie yeah totally uh, Jack I think, thought he was bigger than the machine but, you, but you're not so in this moment Flea is in given allowance to then beat your ass because now you fucked up uh, yeah that's What's totally to... I, that would, I would be I would much like more interesting interesting yeah. scene for it to, uh, if he was um, we I think that see would make that, the movie
1: that, more interesting like it, even just you know adding moments like that that yeah do let you know like it, it is because I think you know that's what I was talking about with like nope like it's, it's right. the, the you know the commentary on the, how the machine chews you up uh, and, and making
2: that a little bit more clear. McGee does this stick the landing. What, what do you think? <laughs> that, that, I mean, that we, last... we've been, yeah, I think we've been, we've <laughs> been, uh, spoiled. We were not really talking about your feelings this. on the last, I, I guess you said it was cringy. Your, uh, your last, your feelings on that last, uh, 20 minutes. I,
1: I, think that if you need to have a montage of earlier parts of your movie, to remind people of when the movie was fun. Cause there's the, the montage of like film history stuff, I think is like, but I didn't, I didn't brush up against as Mm -hmm. much, but the like Manny remembering his own life and it showing like the, the scene of, of, uh Margot Robbie crying like th-
2: you know from the that scene that they captured or whatever. I, I hate like, it. Oh, when I was in the theater I hated that I was like, dude, we just saw this like three hours. I don't need to be it's reminded of it. Like, yeah, like,
1: I, I feel like if if you? the last forty five really you love it now? <laughs> I don't fucking like you if, know it's a if different if the last forty five minutes of your movie uh, didn't suck shit, then you wouldn't need that montage. Like it, it just clean up the, the last
2: forty five mm-hmm. minutes
1: of your movie and you
2: don't we need had the similar, to remind we had a, the exact, us of when it was good. Watch it six more times. I think you'll be right there with me. (laughs) For whatever reason, like it didn't. So I was, I had to be in prison to (laughs) give this movie 18 more hours of my life. Uh, I was, I felt like, oh, you didn't really put a montage of the the first scene that we spent a half hour with. Immediately on the tail end. I was like, why did you do that? But now I love it because one, it's not the exact same scene it's more of a pop piper s uh, like she grabs the tambourine and she leads the jazz drummer the a jazz yeah. drummer into the line and they're all kind of doing the uh, what is it is a it hula line or what's the what's it the, the, the congo yeah the congo line um and and it's just such it that to me is what kind of reminds me of an ancient deity. You know what I mean? Is leading this part, leading yeah. this Congo line uh, through this ancient you know party. So uh, I love the shot. Uh, like I said, I've softened on the end now, uh, I, but I, I have. Yeah. I, I, I don't blame you because I was right there with you, and the theater's like, oh, dude, really? You, put, you put the, the we just saw that scene. There's no need. I think.
1: I think you could cut it to just that shot, and it would it would serve the same purpose and be a lot yeah. less cringy. Like just yeah. give me that slow mo goddess, you know, yeah. le- you know, bacchanal leading the party. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and then that's all I need. Like I don't yeah. I don't need to see her acting and and all the other like cool shit. I mean it's literally just like you got to send the audience out on a high note, right? That's the that's right. like one of the golden rules of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Is like or, your or movie even will the
2: mad- like story wise, narratively what Like there was a time period of this where it was uh, to me a lot more, or to Manny and Manny's perspective. Like the same thing that Jack says. Like wasn't that a wasn't it a great time back then? Or you yeah, know what I mean, like he had a film. hell of a run, didn't I? Right, or whatever, right. Yeah. I think it's just Manny remembering his hell of a run, or what he contributed to the art form. I, uh, I'm
1: totally. I just, yeah. I just mean the like the like from a filmmaking perspective. Right. You're supposed to really, send really the audience out on a high note, and so you're you're making this movie about these these characters descending into oblivion and, and destroying themselves, and so that ending montage is his way of like sending the audience out on a high note.
2: Granted, uh, but, while granted. still but but how do you yeah. feel about like like let's say the Avengers? Uh, not Endgame. What was the one before? In- Infinity War. Like, in Infinity War, ends on a uh, Thanos wins kind of a thing. Yeah, right? I mean that
1: rule. I mean that you rule
2: because su- it. I mean, you,
1: it's not a thing that ha- you know. It, it's right. It's the you, you uh, rules the first, exist to be broken. Right, you know, yeah. sort of thing of like that. That worked exactly because it's not a thing that you would usually do, and it's not a thing you would ever do in a superhero movie. Right. Like, you know. So I I think that's like one of the i think you know things uh, we've we've ragged on marvel exception a few that, times yeah, uh, and, and i, that I think that's the one rule. of the, the things that we both like respect uh, uh, yeah. i think that how they landed that uh, you know yeah. i thought worked pretty well uh, i mean yeah. for the most part, i actually remember in the theater thinking that didn't land as well but I, i've I, softened on it
2: i'm way bigger fan of endgame than infinity war but infinity war is necessary to get to endgame like the the ending of endgame in theaters that was one of the most magical <laughs> yeah, experience I've yeah, ever had. Yeah, I agree. Like, I agree. Yeah. I
1: think that, I mean, I, for all the shit talking we've done about Marvel, I think that Endgame is the like best piece of movie producing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. like th- to, yeah. to be able to land, to stick yeah. the landing. I mean, that that's the ultimate sticking the landing, because you're, you're right. sticking the landing not just at the end of your movie or the end of your sequel Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, the culmination of like these, like, you know, I don't remember how many movies it was at that point, like 15, 16 or something like that. That's some
2: Cecil B. B. DeMille shit. You know what I mean? Like some old Ten Commandments type shit. It is is the like taking
1: Ten Commandments to the next level. I I think it is one of the ultimate acts of like movie producing that has been done in Hollywood
2: gotta give kevin his uh his flowers there yeah so, absolutely i mean yeah.
1: i haven't given a shit about it since then <laughs> yeah, since, I think it, yeah. it like
2: it weirdly like
1: broke the spell uh you gonna watch but, Lucky
2: season two i do not I didn't even put it on yet
1: i haven't you know i haven't watched like any i didn't watch the ant-man yeah, me, Quantumania. Maybe. i didn't i so i have like I, I'm kind of waiting to see like if people are are like oh it's real good and then I'm like mm-hmm. I right, will put it on but yeah. you know, if not I get to it when I get to it. I, I like season one quite a bit I thought I it was did too. good
2: and that, that's the I, only reason why I'm hanging on to be like maybe I watch season two but I'm like I'm so far removed now from it because I haven't I seen I remember so many we of the were films. chatting
1: we we chatted about season one as it came out and it was fun and, yeah. and you know it was, it was exciting to to you know to see Jonathan Majors coming yeah. up yeah uh, you know he was new and fresh and mm-hmm. you know uh yeah. Uh, now it's like I, don't, I just kind of don't. The magic's gone.
2: <laughs> Sucks. Um, Getting old, similar to this film, right? Where uh, the, <laughs> we the had time L has R- R- passed. You know? R- yeah. <laughs> uh, what big name celebrity has this Blu-ray on their shelf, McGee? What do you think? Tarantino. Tarantino oh, you think for so? Sure. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Is it, is I mean, the that's Tarantino it's the show? kind of like well, movie why, why about, do you say that? Because he loves Hollywood. He loves yeah. like Hollywood history. Right. You know, all those, like, weird bits of, like, esoteric uh, trivia, like, right. I know, I, I feel like he know he would get every, like, secret reference in this movie, yeah. like, uh, and it's just, like, it's an indulgent movie about movies, uh, right. yeah, I, you know, Tarantino for one. sure, I think. What about you, who,
2: you, who you got? Uh, I know someone who has this on the, uh, the shelf, it's author Stephen King, who praised the film, calling it a, quote, utterly brilliant, extravagant, over-the-top. Hilarious, thought-provoking, and one of those movies that reviews badly and is acclaimed as a classic in twenty years. That's a that's more Stephen King. So, All right. <laughs> I mean, that's probably because he's he remembers going to a few parties like that. So, I mean, he wrote the child orgy in it, so this <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> right up his alley. <laughs> it's
1: true, true. What do you what do you think about this movie? was it justifiably overlooked or will it have earned its place in film history uh, as stephen king has predicted here
2: again i i feel like it could go both ways if you tell me you loved it I'll uh, like it makes sense if you tell me <laughs> like it makes sense you mileage is going to vary on debauchery so it was never going to be a movie for everyone in fact listening to the interview of of um of Damien earlier this week, and, and some of his producers, they went into the film knowing that this isn't going to be a film for everybody, and we're not we're not going to get everybody on board with this one. So, for those that love it, it's it's for them. Um I that's definitely, what the
1: elephant was about. Shitting on the <laughs> lens. They just warning you. They're like, just get warning, out right? now.
2: <laughs> this man uh, abandon all hope. You enter here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's just one of those films that. You're either going to like it or you're going you're to hate it uh, and why I wanted to pick it for this one. So I, I think it had had this been, um, you know, if we were to throw this in the time machine and it comes out kind of around now and, and it's not, you know, COVID restricted and, and we're not afraid to kind of return to theater during that time, because this is during the height of uh, of uh, of um, our return to uh, theater and sort of the. um yeah. The anxiety around that so i can see not many people wanting to go out for that one but you, yeah you put margot robbie and, and brad pitt on a poster with this I, I think it does a little bit better in in 23 than it did in 20 uh 22 um so justifiably overlooked only because it's not going to be for everybody but i do think it could have garnered a bigger audience had it been released without mm. uh um, the anxiety during uh, uh, of covid I, I think it would have lost less money, but
1: I think it was going to lose money no matter what. I think yeah. it was it was hard to market. I don't think that general audiences are as interested in movies about Hollywood as Hollywood is interested in movies about Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And, and and like you said, they they understood that to a degree, but so to spend this much money to do this big of a picture, uh, and. Not try to have some sort of element to to put butts in seats. I mean, I think that's that was what they're trying to do with putting Margot right. Robbie and, and Brad Pitt. Right. Um, but it, I guess it just wasn't wasn't enough. Um, it, it has interesting sequences. I think I think that it'll get referenced. I, I, ultimately, I don't think it's going to be a classic. I think it will mm-hmm. be referenced when somebody else makes this movie again but with something else to say Mm -hmm. and people will call it like oh babylon but blank Mm -hmm. uh or or, or, you know you know like i I think it'll be referenced like that but i don't think it will like go down as like this like endearing like oh damn they didn't know what they had Mm -hmm. Uh, i think like you said it's it's gonna always be one of those movies of like some people will love it But nobody's going to really be like, oh, I don't understand why this wasn't successful. It's like, no, it's pretty obvious why it wasn't (laughs) successful.
2: Right. Uh, Yeah. So that was our breakdown of uh, uh, 2022's Babylon. So glad you joined us up until this point. Uh, and, and so glad that you spent the time with this movie McGee, because I know it wasn't an easy one to uh spend three hours with particularly if it's something that you're not totally on board with so um like oh, i said that it, first hour and a half I think is absolutely worth making you sit down and watch because <laughs> I think that no film moved like that for an hour and a half that I saw last year i was just like I am totally on board. yeah and i i like i I
1: definitely I don't regret having watched this movie even if it's a movie that I wouldn't have watched uh, if not for the podcast uh, but it's always fun to uh to chat about a movie especially a movie like a about filmmaking there's nobody else that i would want to talk about this movie with
2: perfect, perfect perfect all right
1: you want to hear what i got for you next week absolutely
2: and
0: now
1: we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation well i got a little bit of a retaliation for this movie so oh really <laughs> uh i was i was thinking you know i kind of wanted to do something old near and dear to my heart but then you picked the babylon and i was like eh fuck it i want to make eric watch the new dungeons and dragons Honor uh. on thieves
2: <laughs> Oh, God, so it's, uh, pull
1: this uh, it, it, i think it just it came out was it i don't remember if it was 2020 i think it is 2022 yeah it's last year mm. um It's starring Chris Pine. It's made by the directors that did Game Night with uh, uh,
2: Bateman. Oh, no. It it was this year. Or at least it's saying it's this year. 2023? Uh, I'm going to read the logline from IMDb. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. This is the 2023 release. Uh, A charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve a lost relic. But things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. Again, this is uh, directed by John Francis Daly. Is it Daly or Delay? I think it's Daly. Uh, Jonathan it's Goldstein, daily. Uh, written by Jonathan Goldstein. Um, uh, John Delay as well. And Michael Giello, starring Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, and Roger Jean Page. Uh, yeah, so that'll be our movie for next week. I mean, I'm, I'm excited dragons. to talk
1: about this one with you. It's it's. I know it's you brought not this something up. That, you brought this up before. You like this one, huh? So this is this is a. It, uh, it, it, it was a movie that I was, uh you know, like I'm a d and D player myself. Um I have no like I wasn't like into the lore. I didn't read the books as a kid or anything like that. It's not like that mm-hmm. near and dear to me. I just you know I enjoy playing the game. Um, at, but so I was looking forward to the movie. I, I game night was surprisingly a, a good time. I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. And so I was hesitantly optimistic about this, and it actually I feel like uh, met my expectations uh, more even more than I was you know cautious about. So I'm excited to see what you think about it, and, and if it uh, surprises you at all, and what works for you, what doesn't. Like I know there's going to be some some uh, some conversations that some shit that's not going to work for you. So I'm excited. You know,
2: I wasn't the biggest fan of um, of game night, but I will say. Um, uh, Jesse Plemons is is a national treasure. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> every so line good. delivery in that moment <laughs> uh, about like games of, of, of something in chance or something of, of skill and chance. How could that
1: possibly be profitable <laughs> for free to <Frito-Lay>
2: company <laughs> <laughs> whatever the fuck the line is? So good, incredible.
1: Yeah, we, we've talked about. Th- I mean, we'll talk about it next week too. But uh, yeah, we, uh, uh, I'm excited to get into it uh, really next awesome. week.
2: Hey, if you made it to the end of our show, you're the real MVP, and we want to thank you. If you want to reach out to us, email us at makemewatchpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on all your socials at makemewatchpodcast. Links are in the show notes. If you rate and review, shout out to you. Thanks. I'm going to tell you a little something Sean doesn't want you to know. There's exclusive content on our Patreon page where you can go to support the show, but you didn't hear that from me. Anyway, artwork by Supply Box, theme song by Soul Spy. Coming soon, folks.